you love Michigan sports. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? This is State of My Sports. We'll talk everything Michigan sports like only we do, and then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery. Grading the beer throughout the episode, so pop a cold one on your end, and we'll get busy on ours. This is the State of My Sports. That's right, this is State of My Sports, and this is episode 141. Today we're going to talk about possibly the best football weekend of all time. Maybe. I don't know. We're going to talk about that. Um, Packers lost. Stafford win. Brady might be done. This is just a, I mean, a lot to talk about, so we're going to do it. We're going to keep the national conversation going uh, with that. Uh, with another overtime game, the Kansas City and the Buffalo game went into overtime. Uh, raises all the questions that we, that all, that, is, is overtime done right in the NFL? No, it's not. No, it's not. So sure. what we're going to do is we're going to all give our, our best um, shot at the, the next the best format, basically, um, that we think it should be. Did you see Sean Payton left, too? That is crazy. Yeah. Did not F- see that 15 coming. years or something crazy like that? I yeah. didn't know he's been there for 15 years. He still looks so young. I, he looks the same. He Aaron looks the same Glenn. The whole Watch time. out for Aaron Glenn, right? Uh, I know. That's the one I'm a little concerned about now. Next head coaching odds, Jameis Winston. We'll talk our Michigan teams and discuss uh, some of the players and, and prospects that we, we kind of need to figure out what we're going to do. Do we need to lower our expectations on these guys? Do we need to move on from them is there someone that's already jumping them there's just so many prospects i mean zadina i mean it comes to mind okuda potentially uh we're gonna go through all the teams just kind of the the killing haze is a big one too yeah uh um, there's one to go around i think on every one of our yeah i mean I, I put a lot of tigers on there too so we'll get into those uh we're going to have our betting hero picks of the week uh at the end and of course we're going to grade our state of michigan beer if you're joining us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch. Please let us know in the comments. Be part of the conversation. Uh, let us know your thoughts on, on, it, on it all. Uh, we'll read what we can and, and kind of have a good time with that and tell you guys when you're right or wrong. And you can do the same thoughts, which is great. Uh, if you're listening after the fact, thank you. Share it. Five star, right? Isn't that what you guys are supposed to ask, ask to do? Uh, I a think five it's five, five bells, I think. Is it five bells? Yeah, you ring five bells. Five bells on the, um, the podcast rating. There you go. Subscribe as well, so you know a new episode's out. <laughs> Always hit the subscribe button. Man, all, you're these, like all these things. Nailing down all the socials. Just keep going. Just do it all. The intro's done? What, how long was that intro? That, that's just crazy. 14 minutes. We're on schedule. <laughs> I'm Sam Waltart with me today. we got Ryan Waltart, Micah Smith, John Dornboss. Man, this, I, that was one of the best football weekends we, we I, I remember in a long time. Such such good football games. The two, what, three ended in a field goal. One ended in the the overtime, which is crazy. I mean, I, I just I'm loving this. I I feel like that was the type of weekend that can ruin sports across the board because I don't care to watch anything else right now because it was that good. I think Vegas is loving it too. <laughs> yeah, probably they're getting money, money, money. a lot in there. Um, but before we get into the football talk, I did want to talk about the um, uh, MLB Hall of Fame ballot came out. 
So obviously for the people that follow it, the the Barry Bonds of the world, the, the steroid guys, you know, this was kind of their Roger their last Clemens. their last time on the on the ballot for yeah, last chance. Yeah, and then they they th- there's another chance, but it's like down the road or something. I don't understand all the ins and outs of it, but the big question was are they going to let the steroid guys stay in for the last year that they can? And they didn't. Nobody got in except for David Ortiz. Now, I I don't care about Hall of Fames. I really don't. I don't think like I, I don't care who's in it. I don't care who's not in it. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. But when something like this happens and David Ortiz gets in and you're leaving out other steroid guys, and, and there's guys in the steroid era that, that are in the Hall of Fame as well that you just assume didn't take steroids. And I, I feel like that's the, that's my, my biggest problem with it is be consistent. And this doesn't feel like a consistent decision. Now, I, I, I've never liked David Ortiz. He's been part of the steroid era. He was kind of at the beginning of it. He tested positive at one point uh, before you could get suspended for it. All of those crazy things. And they talked about how they hope it doesn't taint his, um, uh, what's the, his, his career, le- basically. Legacy. His le- legacy, legacy, yeah. And sure enough, it didn't. He gets in on his, his first opportunity. Now, yeah. I don't care if David Ortiz is in. I, I, I don't care because he is a good baseball player. He was a DH, which is another weird thing because they've talked about DHs shouldn't get in first ballot. All of these goofy things that the Raiders do. Yeah. But then Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens not getting in. Those guys are hands down the best players in our era, in that that generation. And it's just stupid to me that they're going to pick and choose based on who they like and dislike to allow in or keep out. And it just bothers the crap out of me. As a baseball guy, how, how does that make you feel? Like, not necessarily do you think they should all be in or none be in. Like, I, I don't know. But like, where where are you at with this whole thing? I don't know. I mean, it feels to me like this is an entire generation, multiple decades we're talking about, of the top players in baseball that are being, I don't know. I I don't know if, like, unfairly, yeah, punish is really the right thing. Because do I think that they played the game with integrity and they, you know, did the right thing? No, I don't think so. They were also competing against everybody else doing all of that too yeah yep. so they, they still stuck out they stuck out from the crowd before the steroids were introduced to their game and they clearly with you know in the case of bonds he went from all-star level started dropping a little bit to uh, the best hitter of all time yeah um so obviously steroids had a major part in that nobody's hitting 73 home runs right now in baseball they're getting kind of close i mean it's not like 70s but they're, they're still hitting the ball pretty hard. Yeah, where the lead leaguers are hitting, uh, what, 40 and 50 home runs. Like, that's that's the normal process. So that's, that's what should happen. Do you view yourself as a as a purist fan? Like like some of these writers think they're the most purist of all? Yeah, I, I think in uh, – no, I don't think so. I think I, I have a, more of an open mind to things. Okay. Like, I don't, right. I don't necessarily agree that the National League should – um, never have a DH. I think at some point the league's based on salaries and, and opportunity and like you know unfair advantage for pitchers in the National League and all that stuff. I think some of that has to be addressed over time, and I think it will just based on again money and contracts. Mm-hmm. And if the American League wants to compete to go go get dominant pitchers, then they're gonna have to. I don't know. I think the league should be playing on an equal playing field. So I'm not a purist in that way. But like the the discussion with the Hall of Fame, it's a hard one because if you go through the Hall of Fame, it's also a lot about history and it's a lot about like records that fell. And it's not only players that are in the Hall of Fame. It's also moments. 
That's a good point. Right? So, I yeah. don't. I mean, this is also some of the best moments. Like, 1998 home run chase had some, some of the most iconic moments in baseball, recent baseball history. And the same goes with, you know, Barry Bonds and just the way he would swing. And, and I don't know. I think some of that will get lost if these guys don't get in. Roger Clemens dominated for m- multiple decades. How is he not represented in there? It's stupid. He, he might have extended his career by seven years even. You take those seven last seven years away, he's still a Hall of Famer. I, I, I agree completely. And I just – I don't like that they're picking and choosing because, like, let, let's throw in, like, a – Who's a, a player that doesn't look like he would have taken steroids but might have? Because I, I think we found that Spencer a lot of... Torkelson? <laughs> I think there's a lot of not strong, big-body guys that are that did take steroids and were, have been proven to take steroids. And they didn't bulk up the way Barry Bonds did and Mark McGuire did and Roger Clemens did. But that doesn't mean they didn't take steroids. Well, and those guys were big to begin with. Roger Clemens was a big dude. I mean, always he was a, yeah. a big athletic pitcher on the mound. Um, but the, I guess the point is like uh, Frank Thomas. He he always had this reputation of being clean. What what if he wasn't? He was right in that same era. Yeah. He was a, as giant of a human being as you could get. So are we just going to believe that that's all natural? Are we going to believe that it, because Ken Griffey Jr. has the reputation he has that he never did that and competed with these guys? Exactly. I would love to believe that, but we, the point is we don't know. Yeah. And so I, are you going to punish the whole era, or are you going to punish only the people who we who started breaking records? Yeah, and I think the, the, the comparison between a Barry Bonds and even a, a, a David Ortiz, now that David Ortiz is in, this was kind of the one I was waiting for to go in to kind of die on this hill because he there, there's technically more proof that uh, – uh, David Ortiz took steroids yeah. more than Barry Bonds. Other than the eye test, that's the only thing that these guys are going off of and just the reputation. It's obvious that it happened. I'm not going to question that if it did or not. I didn't care that it did. I don't care that David Ortiz did. But the fact that there's more proof that David Ortiz did than Barry Bonds, but just because these writers think that they're all high and mighty, they're going to pick and choose which which guy. It just dri- absolutely drives me nuts. And it's, it's flat out stupid. And it's kind of the baseball good old boys club that these writers writers are they think that they're more important than they are which is why like guys don't get in on 100 percent ballots even though ken griffey jr 100 percent should have been yeah first ballot 100 percent vote yep but mariano rivera is the only one that ever did yeah and he was a closer so yeah, it, it doesn't, like, doesn't make sense been, it's, it just You're not gonna doesn't convince make sense. me he's a better baseball player but yeah. it's just like another thing with baseball that just doesn't make sense and it's really stupid can't they just put all those guys in a different hallway they could just dr- a, have another hall. That's exactly what I would There's want. There's a like, hall to the bathroom and a hall to the fame. I mean, steroid era. Steroid, yeah. You can, just, you can call it asterisk hall. Yeah. I don't care, but these guys got to be in there. Do you I think couldn't he, call it that because I have a hard time saying that throw word. Throw an asterisk but on everybody else Absolutely, throw an asterisk <laughs> on the, by their name. Like, just get them there. I don't, I don't care if their statue is a different, like, uh, you know, representation. <laughs> Make them smaller. Yeah, <laughs> but then everybody should have it. In that era, this was part of this era. Yeah, well, like, in, in Raphael... Paul Mario is another one. Like he tested positive one time, just like David Ortiz did. Yeah, or on the same time. But the only difference is David Ortiz then played after that, and Paul Mario's career was basically ended because of that. And we're treating him differently, even though he has over 500 home runs, was consistently a really good player in, yeah. in baseball, was easily going to be a Hall of Fame, and had the reputation of being a clean, good guy. And then he tested positive, and everybody then just threw him under the bus and ran him over. Yeah, they basically made him the. John Gruden of the yeah identical <laughs> they identical like, situation to David Ortiz yeah it just happened at different parts of their career yeah no, so the, it, the inconsistency is ridiculous we it's know baseball writers have always been dumb 
Yeah. And just treated people unfairly and, you know, the whole Ted I wonder Williams if some thing. of these guys are already dead and they just don't, didn't take their vote away yet. I mean. They just didn't know. If we need to audit their. <laughs> if these guys, yeah. <laughs> their the, votes. The voting roll. <laughs> yeah, we should get a, vote a, a voting audit on this. This is bullcrap. So do you think the NFL then should have a new hallway? For what? The, sorry, For the ML- 17 game seasons? I mean, the, the records books should, should change. They should just cl- just cancel that book and open a new <laughs> record book, right, for the seventeen games, and just yeah. I mean, really? It, no, it's, it's part of history. I mean, we'll always know. We'll know Babe Ruth hit sixty home runs in one hundred and fifty four games, or forty five games, whatever it was. And then you know, as they added more games, and the records when it, yeah they they broke, and we kind of knew that you know the difference between them. I don't think I don't think that necessarily has to do with it. But if you're going to keep somebody out of the out of the Hall of Fame because of a specific reason like this, just be consistent with it. And I think that's all we're asking for. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, let's get into our beers for today. So what we're doing for the people that haven't been tuning in yet this year, what in the world are you doing? First of all, but we're going to try something. Oh, they're new. here. They're here. This to, this <laughs> you start just need to the comment more. Yeah, right. Uh, to we're going to basically start drinking the same beers from one specific brewery. Um, we're going to try to hit different breweries along the way, but uh, then all grade those specific beers. So we can kind of get a, a mix of what I like, what Ryan likes, what John likes, what Mike likes. Just different perspectives on the same beer. I think that's a good way to to keep uh, keep it honest for our audience. So we're going to try to do that. Today we're drinking uh, Coopersville Brewing Company. we got two different beers here. Micah, you want to introduce which one we're drinking right now? Yeah, right now we're drinking their hand-squeezed Juicy IPA. So they got a very, very short and sweet uh, description. It's a blend of four Michigan proprietary hops, the Mackinac, Cooper, Paradigm, and the Bergamot. Ber- what do you? How would you say that? Oh, uh, yeah. Bergamot? Bergamot? Bergamot. 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 Yeah, we, we have no idea. So... Uh, but the ABV, it's a 7.1%. It's their, it's basically their their flagship IPA, even though it's a juicy. Uh, the the gentleman that was helping me out with a lot of the tasting today, super super cool guy. Um, he said this was one of their best sellers. It was, it was either their best seller or their highest rated beer, and I don't know how they were taking their ratings. Maybe from maybe they were taking untapped or something. Untapped. Or state of my sports grades or, or something. Exactly. Yeah. So now, correct me if I'm wrong, and and you might get into this a little bit later. Now the brewers from Coopersville Brewing are from Grand Armory, correct? Ooh, I didn't. I ask think that that's. Question. I think that's what the the story was when they first were opening, and I and I think Grand Armory has one of the best IPA, like juicy IPAs with the wheeze and the juice. Yeah. That's what this reminds me of. Oh it, yeah. Yeah. It, it tastes a lot like it. I'd be curious to do head-to-head between these two because they're very similar. Um, so far, so good, I would say. Right? There's like a yeah. fraction difference. In yeah, like or or maybe they were able to take the, the recipe with them. If they created the, the Weasel and Juice recipe, like yeah, maybe. There, there's a potential This is really good, that. though. Yeah. So in, in Coopersville, they're just past the, uh, the roundabout as you're about to head west onto the freeway. And right there on the right, they're kind of by the little RV center. Yeah, but, there's yeah, the, I yeah. think a McDonald's over there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So their staff was super friendly, super helpful, and it looks like they've got uh, a kitchen on one side. They do, I think, a lot of smoked meat. And the guy said the chicken wings were like 
double uh, double rubs. So they'll they'll double rub them. He said they'll. F- oh man, <laughs> this is just, just going don't rub it three south. Times, Sounding this better is and going better. South quickly. <laughs> I'm already I'm already cutting that one out. Yeah. <laughs> but then then they'll fry put them. Then they'll in the bank. Bake them or smoke them. It just he said the chicken wings were awesome. So I can't wait to try that sometime. Very nice. Uh, so the what is the other one that we're going to be drinking a little bit later? Yeah, the the second one we're going to be drinking is called their Mutella. So it's a milk stout with hazelnut and chocolate. It's their dark side of the moo base with a hazelnut and cocoa-infused flavor. Milk stout with hazelnut and chocolate, and it contains lactose. So we should be going with the light one first, right? I believe so. Yeah, you always go light to dark. Light to dark. That makes sense? So we do have a comment. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it if that's cool. Uh, John, you can play around with it. I don't know if, it, if it's working the way that I wanted it to. Um, remember that I showed you you can make the box bigger. But we're trying to get it up on the stream. But Carrie says, as a gift from Jennifer Hinka, I got Captain Hot Pants Dry Hard Cider from Soul Squeeze Cellars in Travers. It's a spicy cider brewed with blackberry and got ghost pepper. Or, and ghost pepper. That was Holy a tongue smokes. twister there. Yeah. Can you well, say I that mean, again? <laughs> no. I mean, you guys, it, <laughs> probably, it, it probably isn't. I just probably made it sound a lot, a lot like a tongue twister. You got yeah. her. Um, but wow. Yeah. Captain Hot Pants. Captain Soul Squeezed. Man, I, I've never heard of Soul Squeeze Cellars. Have you guys ever heard of Soul Squeeze Cellars? No. Is that is that one of the old um, older breweries that changed their name? Or no, I'm trying to Honestly, think. Honestly, I, I think I, there was a couple of from Traverse City that- so is it actually like a, a brewery or is it a winery? Oh, I don't know. I guess cellars. Yeah, I, don't know. I would assume winery because it's, it's cellars. Yep, you're probably right about that. <laughs> I'm, I, I think you probably I'm are right. Ninety nine percent sure. That, that's that's how. <laughs> we'll do some research and get back to yeah, all no, of you, that, so we well, waste also, your time. The the oh. ghost pepper in there it sounds very interesting. Yep. So that that'll be cool. Cool. Drinking craft beer. Having fun and talking sports in the state of Michigan. You're listening to State of My Sports. Let's get into these games. There's some great football games. Uh, they started on Saturday. I think the first game was like 3 o'clock. I like these 3, three o'clock starts and then the 6.30 starts or whatever it was. I like that. I like that a lot. I didn't like the, the 3 o'clock start on the Sunday, though. I was just sitting around. I felt like Meh, I feel like one to three was awful. That was just such a waiting period. I, I mean, I played hockey with the kids, so that was fine. But it was just awful. It was just awful. It was so bad. No, but uh, the games. Let's start with. Let's go in order. The first one: Bengals beat the Titans, nineteen to sixteen. Um, look, I, I mean, we don't need to break down all of these games, but some stuff that are are really um, standing out. We're, we're, I mean, the the two teams that had buys lost. Which is interesting. First, first was the Titans, um, number one overall seed, AFC, right? Yeah, Titans. Yeah, um, that was that was the team that's like, who who has a bye? Who who am I missing? Every time you think of the names, mm-hmm. I'm like, who who is going to play? Yeah, you're this like weekend? the it's Bills, like, Kansas City, of course, yeah. and then uh, who's the oh, other the good Titans. team? The Titans had the bye. That's that's crazy. Um, but uh, I think the biggest thing that stood out with the Titans for me is obviously you got Derrick Henry, the best running back in the league, no question. 28 years old, I don't want to say, like, write this guy off or anything because I feel like what he's doing is is very impressive, and he seems like he's going to have a long, long career. He just had a plate 
put in his foot yeah. to repair that, and he's back like mm-hmm. weeks later. I mean, dude is insane. No, and, and I'm not trying to hate on him. No, the, I'm the just reason saying, why they yeah, lost yeah. this game, but like every good th- thing. I feel comes like this window end. is is a lot smaller than than we realize with with these Titans, especially with the way that they're built. And I'm curious what you guys think about Ryan, Ryan Tannehill. I don't hate him. I don't love him. I think he's he's just there. He's but it feels like he kind of holds them back. Like I don't. And I think that you're what you're saying is like what you saw in the difference of the game seemed to be quarterback right between the two teams. Yeah, and I'm not even sure that that's fair because Joe Burrow didn't look great by any means. No, but he, he made didn't. the throws when he needed. To. There you that go. That was the key. Yeah, Tannehill and looked like. I don't think Tannehill's capable of doing that for an offense in the long haul. Like he's not capable of doing that outside of the planned. Uh, approach or the, or the game plan from the coaches or whatever the play call is like he doesn't have that gamer type of ability to make something out of nothing and I think that or the just the electric like uh, dynamic quarterback play that's not him yeah he has to fall within script the script has, has to be right the game plan has to be right and everything falls in place and in execution with the best running back in in the game and he can win a lot of games that way but that to me is like I didn't see Tannehill taking over this game or making plays when they were available. And as many times as Burrow got sacked, well, how many? Nine times. Nine times. Nine. Nine sacks. He still stayed in the pocket and yep. took those hits every single time and wasn't afraid to make the throw when he needed to make it. Yeah. Even when guys are in his face again and again and again. The dude's a gamer. And I thought that was just a really big difference between the two. Yeah. I mean, do you think they're at a point that they should move on from him? Now, I, I, we don't know the cap scenario. There's probably a big cap hit if you move on from a guy like that. But with that window closing, it's like, man, you can't miss out on this. You can't lose this type of game. It needs to pay off. What it I, feels like yeah. they have they're good at, a solid offensive line, a good defensive line. They're, they're kind of built that way. Um, it's just all about a quarterback that can make a throw. That's what we're learning watching these games that we're going to get into is the quarterbacks – are the difference in the, in all of these football games. It's insane. Yeah. Well, and I think what they need to do is go shopping, you know, with all with their quarterback and around the league, look for disgruntled quarterbacks and look for somebody different or something more than what they have right now. I, I do. I don't think they're going to go much farther with Tannehill. And I know we're not too far removed from them, you know, being really close to making a Super Bowl either. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, we're, we're always living in that, like, hindsight's twenty twenty and recency bias and all that stuff too. But – I think that's about as good as you're going to get. You're saying Tannehill's about as good as you can get? No, I think or, I think Tannehill this, and w- yeah. what the Titans have done over the last two or three years is is their peak. He's a free unless, agent in 2024. Okay, unless they make a move at the most important position in football. Yeah. They it's need not, something different. Moving on. Unless you guys had anything else to talk about with that. Oh, I mean, King Kyle just uh, chimed in. Oh, what King Kyle re- have to re- say? chat. Uh, he said, well... Micah said, double rub, I'm in. Oh, Kyle. <laughs> He's still too busy oh, uh, with work now. He's... That's still... what she said. No, way too late. <laughs> I thought it was good, <laughs> but it was just too late. Way too late. Kyle's I got to be better gonna at this. poke fun at you for no, that No, he's, he's actually got uh, his, his oldest boy, Vince, now is playing basketball, and they have practice at On eight. Tuesdays? Yeah. Got it. So that, that's, I worked, that's I worked the that ex- around the – the schedule, that's, but that's a, that's, that's the okay. excuse now. Um, once basketball is done, I don't know what his excuse will be. <laughs> so um, there's always another season. There's Kyle's always on another full court press. But um, <laughs> we miss you, Kyle. 
Thanks for being part of the podcast again. Come back, Kyle. In the comments. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, the 49ers beat the Packers at Lambeau 13-10. to Jimmy G, 45-18 and overall in his career. That might be an old number. I don't know. It was it was what I could find. Um, but this guy, he, he's they basically already moved on from him. But he just wins. Now, he looks awful. He looked absolutely <laughs> awful on, on Saturday? Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, Kerry's re- requesting that we don't talk about this game. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's just skip talking about that one. Sorry, Kerry, can't do that. Um, I I wonder about this guy, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo, because he seems to be liked by his team. He he can make the throws. Yeah. He's just He seems like a Jared Goff. Is he a Jared Goff 2.0? Would he be an upgrade for Jared, from Jared Goff? Yeah, I, I think he's like two versions ahead of Jared you Goff. You think so? Yep. Or is he what Jared Goff was? Because Jared Goff has done that. He kind of had the same winning percentage, right? Yeah, I still think he's a, he's an upgrade. I think he does things a little bit better. I think he has a very similar arm, but he's a little bit more uh, athletically gifted, and I think he's got the balls to throw downfield. Yeah. Well, he's got the balls to do that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes he, he just needs one yeah. football to do it. Right? <laughs> yeah, is that I, the balls you guys I, talking about. This really is. We're we talking about deflated footballs. So Kyle, uh, Kyle Shanahan is also isn't he? Um, isn't he an under five hundred coach in his career too? I think he has a losing record in his career as a head coach. Does he really? Yeah, and so there's a lot of people out there really? that accuse him of just being a bad coach and having like a one good year type thing. Um, so the dynamic coach. between I don't either, and I don't think most people do. But there's this that one stat kind of brings in the people, you know, the haters, I guess. But it's an interesting dynamic with Kyle Shanahan being that kind of like coach with a good reputation, but just doesn't win, compared to the quarterback who doesn't really have a very good reputation, but just wins. Yeah, and and they don't even work together, but they but they do. So yeah, I I don't know how I feel about him, but it seems like he's going to be available. And yeah. No, no, well, we're, not, we're in a spot it, to get a, a, a sign another quarterback right now. It and probably it, depends on how far he goes. And then what are they going to do with Trey Lance? They let him set. Yeah, people have <sighs> moved on from that before. That's true. It has happened, right? Yeah, Speaking I mean, of it, it's happened. What, yeah, go, he's, sorry, on, he's on his rookie contract, so it's not costing them anything. It's just the investment in the future that mm-hmm. they're looking at, what they can get for either one of those guys now, and they can probably get more out of Jimmy G getting – Right. That's true. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how how they handle the situation, especially once their season's over on Sunday. Hopefully, um, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. So Packers losing. Obviously, I enjoy when the Packers lose. Obviously, I enjoy when Aaron Rodgers loses. I'm not going to hide it. Um, it made me very happy. Even though I picked the, them to win, I just I enjoy seeing the Packers lose. You were going to have joy Micah, one way or another. I'm sorry. How, how are you, man? Are you doing all right? <laughs> are you doing all right? I'm fine. Yeah, well, I'm how, quite how, used to it at this point. Are you angry? Are you mad? Like, have, have a have a feeling and tell us what your feeling yeah. is. Yeah, of course I'm upset. So, same old Packers. Every every single person on that team, for the most part, didn't do their job. the The defense looked really, really good. The defense is the only thing that really kept them in it. Um, Rogers did but yet didn't play good enough when you look at the numbers and what the green bay special teams were able to accomplish which was nothing um 
negative. They didn't yeah, kick a field goal. They kicked a the field goal. Bad. It was so bad. And everyone knew that going in that that could be the crutch to the team, and it showed like white on rice. It was so bad. So, um, you know, unfortunately, the offense and Rodgers could not pull the special teams out of the hole, which is expected. You know, you you have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. You expect him to do the unthinkable when it needs to be done. And this was one of those times where the offense and him sputtered and couldn't get it done. And, you know, the, the glaring need for a change on special teams for Green Bay is – it's imminent and it needs to change. Yeah. It was bad. I mean, that that was the only way that San Fran scored and won that game. I think it was like, like midway through the third quarter, if not into the fourth quarter, that uh, Devontae Adams was the only wide receiver targeted. Yeah. And that's was... crazy. With Rand, it was Randall Cobb, that was the one that uh, that Rodgers wanted back, right? Yeah. And yeah, that... you didn't target him till the fourth quarter or something like that? It's yep. just like... That, that was upsetting and... You know, time after time, they'd, they'd show replays of <laughs> <laughs> they'd show replays of the wideouts down the field, and wide the majority open. the majority of that time, no, they weren't wide open, and the oh. majority of the time they were covered. It was a lot of double coverage on Devontae, which is very very obvious. There was one read that Rodgers missed bad. He missed Alan Lazard wide open at about the 50, yeah, which was – Yeah. That, it, yeah, that one. It, this doesn't happen every single time. No, that was time. late in the game too. I, I think the, the thing that's standing out to me is is you brought up that the Packer Rodgers and the offense didn't bail out the special teams, where that's, that's kind of the opposite is the, the special teams didn't bail out Rodgers. And the bad offensive play. I know. Yeah, you could say you, that too. If they make the field goal, if they don't get a like, if they didn't have to punt, like those are the like the special teams are there to bail out a bad offense and a bad defense when they need to. Yeah, they they should execute and stuff. But uh, offense doesn't bail out a special teams. A special teams bails out an offense. You're you're totally skewing this because of your hatred towards the Packers, and I appreciate how, it. How? I appreciate oh. it. I do appreciate it. But we you, you, there's. We should not overlook the conditions of the game. It was the first half. It was eleven fine. degrees with a sub-zero um, wind chill. Nobody could play the game. There were drops all over the place. How many drops did uh, um, the Devontae? De- yeah, did, did the Packers have for Aaron Rodgers? Some of those throws were e- easy, simple De- across DeGuara the middle. Guara dropped quite a few key passes, which that hurt. Dennis Kelly's false start in the red zone, nearly on the goal line, that hurt. That that's what pushed Green Bay back. Forced him into a field goal, which that was really ugly. That sucked. I'm just saying, like, uh, the game, but, The game. if you look at the offensive execution in the game from the Packers' execution versus the 49ers' execution, the Packers outplayed the 49ers offensively. The defenses, the defenses also, I would say the Packers outplayed the 49ers' defense. It really did come down to fluke plays on – special teams in yeah. a game where that would matter because a lot of times that doesn't matter because people are scoring points it's warmer Correct. it's not as cold and all that kind of stuff it, this is what you get playing in Lambo is is that the real issue is that they're still playing outside and that every single year they get into the playoffs at this time if if they have home field advantage it almost it, hurt, it, might it hurt al- the team it always I, like all right both teams always play in weather right 
They're both playing in the exact same weather, all of that kind of stuff. But it always affects one team way more than the other, in my opinion. Like, people hate when you bring up the, the rain in the that Michigan, Michigan State game six years ago or whatever. Right. That limited the better team. It it handcuffs them a little bit. Same thing with this with the Packers here. Is, yeah, the weather, although the Packers should be able to play in it um, because it's their home field, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's still just it, it seriously handcuffs. It takes a great offense and makes it diff- way more difficult than the defense could ever make it on them. Especially when you think oh, about yeah. how they're built. With the Packers built through the air, it could it could impact them more than other teams that are built on the ground. It's not like, but the Packers are built on the ground. Green, That's where they can. Uh, they they can. I wouldn't say that. Green Bay doesn't play in January weather all year long at home. Their no. home field advantage is knowing that they're practicing there when they got a bye week. Right. They have a little more time to prepare. Right. And and to your point, they have been built through the air for quite some time, but ever since Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon showed up, and even with Jamal Williams there at some point, they, they've been a much more balanced offensive team the last yeah. four or five years. Yeah, absolutely. But, again but – But against that specific defense, that's harder to do as it, well. It, it oh, really yeah. – I mean, you could say the same thing about the Michigan and Ohio State game this year. In the cold, that cold, it helped the Michigan. conditions, I think it helped Michigan. Yeah. It took away from Ohio State's ability, the big play ability to move the ball downfield in big spurts, and that played right into Michigan's strength running the ball right up the gut and, and uh, just destroying them. I, I I'm not saying that – Packers are not built for this. Uh, I it the conditions were there for something fluky to happen, and it did. It, it did. And yeah. Sure. One other thing that hurt too is AJ Dillon went down with a fractured rib about midway through the game. Hmm. That really sucked. That hurt. That hurt what they were trying to do on the ground. I don't think I knew that. I didn't know that either. Because Aaron I knew Jones he was hurt, but yep. Um, what the the Rogers drama that's going to strike up? I think it started today on the Pat McAfee show. Um. <laughs> Ooh. I personally don't watch it, but oh, I, I heard love, it's good. I love, oh, yeah. Um, but anyway, I mean, it'll be an interesting off season. It was a very um, interesting one last year. I, it sounds like it's not going to be to that extent. When I don't it comes to the drama and the he said she said type stuff, and Rogers calling out the GM. It seems like they're on the same page this time. It seems like they want to make it work still. And it, if he wants to play, it's going to be in Green Bay. I thought he was going to leave and leave out of spite. It, right now it feels like he's either going to play one more year or he's going to retire. That's what it feels like to me. I think that mm-hmm. this this way of uh, losing the way they did, I think it's the worst way for the for Packers fans, and and I think you're at your highest risk of losing him right now just based on that. Oh, really? I, I think so, yeah. It's just like the same old thing. Like how many years can you dominate the regular season and then do that in the playoffs, and that, that gets old. That, that takes a lot of energy away from a guy. Moving on to the Rams, Buccaneers. Man, what a game. This is getting a little uncomfortable under this table here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's 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 start with the Buccaneers. You haven't convinced anyone. <laughs> what a game. Crazy game. So Buccaneers, Rams, what are they up, 27-3 to at half? Yeah. And then uh, blowout. And it was, yeah, absolute blowout. And then the Buccaneers came back, tied it up. They they. Uh, Rams shot themselves in the foot. Wasn't Stafford interceptions. It was fumbles. Yep. Uh, two by Acres. I think another by a bad snap that went over Stafford's head or something. Uh, uh, Cooper Cup fumbled. <laughs> that one was really? actually the the biggest one. Yeah. That was first time all year because it was like they got a touchdown, the big touchdown play, right? Uh, got it within seven, with like maybe three minutes ago. Don't 
quote me on the timer timing and stuff. But then I think it was the very first play from scrimmage, right after that touchdown or first or second. Cup fumbled and then they got the ball, went down, tied it up. Uh, that was I think you have it backwards. Cup fumbled and then what's his name fumbled again. Acres. Acres fumbled a second time. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, but but either way, like either way, yeah. both contributed to them directly getting fourteen so points in like four minutes. Back. So uh, there was also a missed field goal by the Rams in there. Uh, Wait, don't undersell it. But short, short, short forty-seven <laughs> yards out, yards missed short? it short. That doesn't happen. <laughs> That's insane. Especially not, like not since nineteen and forty-two. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but uh, then the. The the Rams went down and made the big play to to get the win. Got Safford got him in field goal range. Let's start with the, pack, the Buccaneers side. What Brady's saying, I don't have any of his quotes, but it's starting to sound more and more like this guy's done. Are you guys listening to what he what what kind of stuff he, he's saying? Yeah, he wants to spend a lot of time with his family to figure out his next move. Yeah, and he's he's always talked about family, but the tone is it seems different. I don't know what it is. Um, but it just it feels like that the way that this whole season went down, Antonio Brown drama, all the injuries and stuff, they're they're in a tough spot cap wise. They got to make some decisions. It just feels like this this could be it. I got a I got a quote for you here, Tom Brady <laughs> quote. I think as I've gotten older, I think the best part is is football is extremely important in my life and it means a lot to me and I care a lot about what we're trying to accomplish as a team, and I care a lot about my teammates. Um, oh man. It's not always what I want, Brady added. It's what we want as a family. And I'm going to spend a lot of time with them and figure out in the near future what's next. So it's not always about what I want. He's made it very clear he wants to play until he's 50. Yeah. He, he wants to do all this stuff. He, he has the drive to do it, and he probably doesn't want to go out without winning a Super Bowl. He probably wants to end it on a Super Bowl year. Yeah. And But – as you get older, he you know he's getting more and more invested in his family. Kids are getting older, and Giselle's sitting there like, "You just, just literally threw me under the bus before you made a decision." Yeah, huh. exactly. And <laughs> I want to play. It's just about my wife. Is she gonna let me well, play? Well, she not? wants to get that's back like, to work. It's like me when my when we were having kids. Like, all right, Sam, you gotta no more Sunday hockey for a bit. Five years later, I was able to get back on the ice. Yeah, it's like I blamed it on her. She, he's blaming it on Giselle. Yeah, exactly. But but that's a legitimate consideration for him. Yeah, uh, and I like it. Because she makes more money than he does. Yeah, he actually brought up Kobe Bryant, too. Um, like, how everybody expects to live this long life after the fact, and when you're done, and then it gets taken from you. And it's like, if I could have one more year before that in- or that random act of awfulness, now basically. You're make, the, make me cry, man. Come on. Um, yeah, this is... Uh... But, like, it can, hit ha- it can happen quick, <laughs> what are you basically. Doing? This kid could really have 34 points. Yeah, man. He's absolutely he could, crushing. Eight yeah. assists, eight, eight rebounds, rebounds, four blocks. Jeez. Good for him. Hopefully they win this game. Career high in points. Um, but what, what do you think? Do you guys think it's going to happen? What do, you, do you think that was Brady's last game? It, yes if, or no? Yes. Yeah? It feels like it now. What about you, Mike? Last you think? game, period. Yeah, do you think that was the last game? Or do you think he comes no, back? No, he'd come back. John? I'm gonna say no. I think he's gonna play again. See, I, I'm on Ryan's side. I, it feels and sounds different. I think that was his last game, and it was to my boy Matthew Stafford. <laughs> this better be one of the picks. Does Let's Brady go. come back? Does Brady come back? Oh, yeah, then we can years, check in. Like next at the year. end of the year, we will <laughs> have their final stats. All right. I'm sure Vegas has a line out. Stafford, you know? baby. Oh yeah. Stafford, what he's doing, what he did in this game was so impressive. Yeah. 27 points in the first half, zero basically in the second half. Not really his fault. It was kind of the the play calling and, and just trying to drain the clock in a lot of ways. Like 
when you get that lead, it's like, just don't blow it. And then they were playing it safe, and they kept blowing it. Um, it seems like they didn't really trust him. But, well, yeah, they I mean, just don't I, fumble I, three times and miss a field goal. I mean, that, that's the that's really the yeah. only way that they got this in. <laughs> Stafford played one of the best games in a, in a long time. I mean, he only had two touchdowns, right? He was crisp. For 366 yards. He had the rushing touchdown as well. Yep. Is that back-to-back weeks he has a rushing touchdown? He's Look at this man. guy. Yeah. Dual threat. Stud. Who would have thought? Always bet the over rushing yards with Stafford. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, look, it, it was awesome. The dude is is dialed in. He looks incredible, and I, I don't want to go overboard on on this, but like, what I'm what we're seeing but right we're going here to. with Stafford is just an hour. Into Stafford episode. Stafford is. <laughs> are we? Are hour? we really an hour right now? No, but oh, close. <laughs> we're, we will. By be the soon. time we're done talking about <laughs> right here, right here, I am saying Stafford deserves to be on the same level as Barry Sanders and Kelvin Johnson. It's not. The greatest running back of all time, and weren't potentially one of the greatest wide receivers. But feels like on that on that list of the Detroit Lions let down another franchise talented player. I thought we already knew that. No, I mean a lot of people don't. A lot of people would not admit that he was as good as what we're seeing right now. Yeah, some people never thought he'd win a playoff game in his career. Exactly, and they got to drink a. Um, <laughs> which Kyle says he calls it a Stafford stiffy. Yeah. This is <laughs> I thought Gosh, the table Kyle. looked a little raised over yeah. there. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I'm messing with the like a, or not. Yeah. But. Aren't we on like a 45 second delay for <laughs> stuff like that? <laughs> <laughs> Sure this is gonna be so. a four-hour <laughs> conversation. I'm gonna be calling my doctor at the end of it. It's been four hours. I don't know what to do. <laughs> uh, no, but I, Ryan, what do you think about what Stafford's doing? Do Do you agree that he could be on that s- considered now, like another? player that the Lions organization completely let down. I mean, uh, and Damakin Sue is uh, another one of those like yeah. all-time greats kind of for the Lions, but yeah, I mean it's really those three. It's Barry, Calvin and and Stafford. And it's our it's w- the wasted opportunities that the Lions have had with three uh, franchise type <coughs> guys. Yeah. <coughs> At the same time, right? <coughs> Am I missing somebody? Who are we missing? Jason Hansen. Oh, oh I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. One of the greatest kickers of all time, if not the greatest kicker. Of Mr. Consistent. He wouldn't come up short 47 yards. He's only like this tall. Well, <laughs> yes, he probably would have. <laughs> they were kicking different back then. Yeah, he was like 51 was long for him for sure. Was he's it? got yeah. the record for most 50-yard field goals in a career. Uh, 40, I think right? Prater I think does. it's 40s. Prater's got the record for 50s. Yeah, Hanson was like money from 40. He must, 40, have, he must have had 40s. it. He must have had it. Yeah, he, I think it? he did have it, yeah. When he retired? <clears throat> yeah, I uh, Man, he's playing he a di- he's playing on a different level right now though. Stafford is is uh confident. Obviously, he's feeling good yeah. and like I I actually really appreciated the way the way they called this game too. The announcers like early on in the game, um they were talking about like, you know, like well, like you can tell Stafford's feeling it because of this. Yeah. He's throwing to the sideline, he's oh like gosh. forcing it in there. Some of those throws, he had th- those are Mahomes throws. Those are confident that people throws. people would be more uncomfortable with 6 minute on the ESPN. Than I am right now. Yeah, but we've seen it. We've seen him do that with the Lions. We just we never felt like it was the right time to move away from him because because yes. they were never going to make it right with him. And so it was it was the yeah. right thing to do to change Look, the culture and, and start over. I, I get this. That was the right move. But I, I, and that's not what I'm questioning. But with that said, Stafford in L.A. where he is right now, and with the coaching obvious coaching relationship that he has with McVay as well. I mean, they're they're like. They're on another another level right now, and I think they're v- going to go into this matchup against the 49ers with a lot of confidence. Oh, I do too. Those two share a hot tub together for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
I think that's isn't that all they figured this thing out? <laughs> yes. Was in Cabo in a hot tub or something? Uh, jacuzzi, one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> What's McVeigh's wife look like? I have no idea. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's a yeah. yeah? She's a, a, bru- a brunette bombshell. Oh, really? But don't. Yeah, because <laughs> there's, there's rumors that th- so one of the rumors is that that's was the end of Jared Goff was he made a comment about Sean McVeigh's girlfriend or fiance or wife or whatever it is. Does anybody know who this oh, girl is? No, I have no. Is I have she no famous idea. or no? She's just a. She's famous for being with Sean McVay. Probably. Oh, okay. I wonder if she's taller than him. Do you think she's taller than I him? I think everyone's taller than. Sean I will. I, I will. I will put a lot on the over. On that yeah. One. He's a. Per, he's probably too. sitting right where he wants to sit. Yeah, you I, know what I'm saying. Sean McVay is probably as tall as your daughter. <laughs> he's a short guy. He's short. I no, like but it. I mean, you know, this Rams defense is really unique. They they run the most unique defense in all of the NFL, and they do stuff like this. They make really big plays. They make you uncomfortable. Uh, they dare you into running the ball, and then they stuff the run. It's like then they dare you to pass. And it's like, oh, oops, we dropped nine. Like, yeah. how do you beat them? Um, it, they have a Hall of Famer at every level on the defense. Yeah, they really do. And the last time that happened was probably Seattle, you know, when yeah. their defense won a, you know, NFL. No fly goal. zone? Yeah, yeah. You know, like. There's a legion of boom, actually. Oh, yeah, no fly zone was Sparty, wasn't Sparty. it? Sparty, yeah. yep. Um, getting down to the biggest one. I mean, who, who would have thought, after all these close games, oh. that this, the last one, it was literally like a bad football game to a little bit of better football game to a great football game to one of the best football games I've ever watched. Yeah, I didn't even watch this game until the second half, and then I was kicking myself, and then I was just like happy I joined it. You know, yeah, I mean, it. <laughs> it was basically the cherry and like a pound of sugar on top. It was absolutely <laughs> insane. The Chiefs won forty-two to the Bills thirty-six in overtime, and I mean, just these two quarterbacks alone. In my opinion, Josh Allen just moved ahead of Brady, Rodgers. He he's number two in my opinion. The way he's played this year, the way that he played this football game, he's not afraid of anything. He's not afraid to run. He's not afraid to throw any foot, any ball. Like, this dude is exactly what you want from a quarterback right now. little less arm talent than Mahomes, but a better runner. Like, the, these guys could be, and I hate saying this because when people were saying that it was going to be like Mark Sanchez and who knows what, like, dueling it out for the next five years or Stafford. something. Yeah. Well, no, Stafford was never part of the conversation. Oh, okay. Um, but like these two are legit and it's going to be long-term success for both of these guys. Josh Allen, 27 of 37, 329, four touchdowns. Mahomes, 33 of 44, 378 yards and three touchdowns. Just, it was awesome. Absolute powerhouses. It was amazing. And look, the, the bills are, I think the number one defense in the, in the league, right? Overall defense. Overall defense. Yeah. Yeah. And they just got picked apart by... (laughs) Just that that offense is that good. Well, you just watch the way Mahomes just like <laughs> works his way through the pressure. It's ins- it's not that they were not getting pressure. He just floats. Yeah, he floats through th- through the pressure. Just and everywhere he should go, he just it's like he has a magnet. And he just gets pulled into the direction where nobody is. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. So I mean, really, the the the, the biggest stuff happened towards the end. Buffalo touchdown with two minutes left. Kansas City touchdown, minute thirteen left. Buffalo touchdown with 17 seconds left to go up three. Insane. Kansas City field goal. They got a field goal with 17 seconds left from the 25. The Dallas Cowboys couldn't <laughs> line up. Work in that. 14 <laughs> seconds. It was absolutely insane. Just to run to the line. Of <laughs> Just to <a> line up. 
<laughs> it's just crazy. No, it's it's insane. And you know what? I think I think this should be an everybody's two minute drill where defenses stop playing six people twenty yards away. Yeah, I'm sh- because Sean McDermott is that the right is that the name of the Buffalo coach for defensive coordinator? I thought he's the head coach. McDermott, yeah, isn't he the head, head coach? Head right? coach. Yeah, finish your thought. Sorry. Well, but yeah, I want to bring him up. Well, to me, it's just ridiculous that a guy can get a 15-yard head start just running straight down the field with zero, zero pressure or any anybody on him at all to make life difficult. How do you not put one guy on each receiver and then have four guys deep? Like you have to play both ways: play man and then box deep. With, with this amount of time left, why aren't they just tackling the guy? Right off the line of scrimmage, just tackle him. Take the five-yard holding penalty inside the five seconds or five yards. Yeah. The, the time would just tick, tick, Absolutely. Tick, tick, but tick, the tick. last thing you do is let him get a 15-yard head start, then run ten, another 10 yards yeah. full speed. Like, that's hard to tackle a guy like that. 25 yards, timeout. 25 yards, timeout. Move 50 second, or fifty yards on the field in that amount of time. Absolutely insane. But but they let it happen. It just drives me crazy. Like, why? It, it can't be that hard to stop. Like, it, it, look, it, it's hard to stop. Tyreek Tyree Hill is on another level. He is insane the, with his speed and the way he can just be a difference maker. Let's not put this all on Mahomes. Tyreek Hill carved his way through that defense multiple times. Yeah. And, but if you give him 20-yard head, like just nobody in front of you, and as fast as you can run, how are you going to tackle the guy right away? He's going to get another 15 yeah. yards after that. It's, it's, it doesn't make sense. Yep. No, put I, somebody on him, throw your hands like they can't run, and then drain seven seconds off. Yeah, total yards. I mean, this is just one of the best games. And we're going to get into a comment and then our next topic here very, very shortly. Um, The Chiefs had 552 yards. The Bills, 422 total yards. Passing yards, 370, 313 yards per play. 6.7 for Buffalo, 7.6 for the the Chiefs. Look, an elite quarterback is going to win the Super Bowl this year. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's either going to be Patrick Mahomes or Matthew Stafford. Those are the guys that are going to win the Super Bowl. And that's what it takes. You have to have an elite quarterback to win a Super Bowl. What about Joe Burrow? In this league. He's not going to, but I would consider him elite. If he wins, he'll be elite. I, 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 there's something different about him. It's, it's not a flash in the pan like Jared Goff was, Carson Wentz was. It's Mark ch- Sanchez was. Like, it, this guy is the real deal. It's the championship at LSU and then the cigar celebration afterwards. Man. Let's face it. He, he's he got the, Dude's yeah. a baller. He comes from nothing. Yeah. He's one of the greatest winners of all time, but he looks like a dope when he loses. I, lo- I love it. I love <laughs> like, that. I, yeah. I would take him in a heartbeat with the Lions. I love the way he plays. All right. Kerry, with a great comment here. I also can't wait for Jimmy G to win it. <laughs> and this is going to be our transition. Carrie, thank you for, for setting this on a tee for us. We're going to have a short little bumper like we usually do. I don't know why I explain this. I don't, why do I explain this? Why do I talk like this? I don't know. But Carrie says, I do think it would have been more fun if Buffalo had a chance in overtime. And that is going to take us to our next conversation. If it's craft beer in Michigan sports, we may not be the authority. But we love both like a fat kid loves cake. Hot, hot! This is State of My Sports. This is the main topic for 141. Before we get into it, I want to remind everyone that the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is open and pouring some of the best craft beer in West Michigan. Their revamped food menu, rotating taps, wine and ciders make the hops perfect for, for whatever you have going on. 
from late 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 night drinks with friends, dinner with the family, and everything in between. That was I, I did the opposite. The hops is becoming a staple in the West Michigan restaurant community that we highly recommend to our friends and listeners. Taco Tuesday, one of the greatest Tuesday dinners of all time, in, in my opinion. Two fifty per taco, get seven of them, and you won't regret it. Pair it with their margarita seltzer for only three bucks. Or you can use a State of My Sports promo code. Promo code? Is it a promo code when you tell your waiter State of My Sports saying? I don't know if it's a promo code. It would be called a saying maybe at that point. Call it a pro. Referral code? Referral? Referral. Just let them know you heard about the hops on State of My Sports, and they'll give you a discount off your first beer. It's a statement. If the $3 isn't a a good enough deal for you, which it is. a bold statement. They're the hops. Yeah. Is the official brewery say to my sports? And if you, yeah, I already already talked about the discount. I already talked about the discount. Hey, let's just, yeah, let's just leave it off with uh, um, something else. Overtime format. (laughs) All right. To hops, guys. They're awesome. Go check them out. And Kerry brought it up, but we're going to talk about it. Both teams should have a chance. Oh, yeah. No, I already did the bumper. (laughs) Jeez. John, do you (laughs) like the format? I'm going to talk to you because they're just being mean over here. (laughs) Did he like the format of the of the, the playoffs? Of, of a, should both teams uh, take get thought, the ball? I thought you were talking about announcing the bumper before the bumper. <laughs> that format. I'm gonna hit another bumper. Yeah, I You seem to love it, so that's a beer sound <laughs> for the people that don't know. Well done. John, what do you think? I understand what the NFL's doing. They're trying to keep less plays from happening in a game. Move on. It's all run by Vegas at the end of the day, anyways. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. But you spend all season, you extend the season. We've gone through this COVID thing. I, I feel like it's only fair to make it a little more fun and more entertaining for us fans that are sitting at home watching the greatest game unfold on Sunday Night Football. But another thing that, that – so the players. You brought up the players and the player safety. I think that's the biggest um, argument against having bowl and just keeping it more like more plays, right? Player safety. Do you think – that the Bills care about their safety right now? Or do you think they're like, we should have touched that mother effing football? Exactly. At this point in this in the season, you know, you've you've already kind of gone through the bumps and battles and injuries and every team is kind of playing a little bit handicapped at this point, right? Yeah. Um I just I re- regular season, yeah, get the game over with, get back on your flights, get back to your routine. But this is win and go home, lose yeah, and we see so, that we see that in other sports. The NHL does it that way, right? They have their structure in the in the regular season, and then, and then they let them the play it out in the playoffs. Yep, and that's the way the the most fair way they could do it. Um, yeah, I. So let's talk about it as just a playoff thing, and, and not necessarily regular season. I think you can have two different rules, right? Obviously, that game wasn't going to end in a tie. Yeah, you can't do that. So they have their own their different rules. But what would you do, John, <laughs> to make that work? My original thought was to line up your two special teams, all of your players from each. But that's team, not fair to the Packers. And, Fight it out. It's not fair to the Packers. <laughs> and, and you and you have a fun you have a fun game of tug of war. Bring oh, it back. Jeez, oh bring Pete. it back. Bring it back. These are practice squad guys and special team guys. Bring them out there. Don't bring your big, <laughs> overweight <laughs> offensive linemen out there. I want to see special teams duke it out. I want to see both kickers, punters, placeholders. No, I think in a perfect world, you eliminate field goals in overtime, must score touchdowns, 
change of possession. Every every team gets a possession. Then after that, it's sudden death. Take the field goals right out of it. Yeah, I, I don't hate that. That's actually part of my my plan. So why why the sudden death though? Because in my mind, that still comes back to who gets the ball first. That's a good. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was. I, sorry, I, I missed the sudden death. I, I don't like the so sudden death. Thing. I I heard another proposal that somebody should the if the team scores a touchdown, then they could end the game if they successfully get a two point conversion. No, that's stupid too. It, I yeah, think, I think they should have to end the game stopping the other team from scoring a touchdown. And I, and I don't know if I agree with that because field goals are part of the game, and so that that's still a lot of drama to try to kick a sixty six yard field goal for the win. There's a lot of drama involved. Or a forty seven so, that might get blocked. I don't know. There you go. Well, a lot of crazy stuff happens at the end of games with field goals too. I think I think tug of war is a pretty easy way to to settle things <laughs> at the end of the game. I like right? where your head's at, yeah, but you, I, you I want keep, you to move past that. You keep a lot of your star <laughs> players from getting hurt, but then you still have your special teams. And I mean, man, those man, are their those, hands get ripped yeah, to shreds. For though. sure, <laughs> I don't care. Get the rope yeah. out there, but some chains. I if I know that you would have to also change like other rules if you're taking the field goal out of overtime and forcing what? the team so, to score so a touchdown and then to stop the other team from scoring another touchdown. All right, so John wants Squid Game style where one one team loses yeah, the tug of war I want and, and if you lose, you die. Yeah. yeah. And Fall, then you can't finish the season. Yeah. Fall and you're done, Let's and, and the, that's drama. The Roman times back. That's yeah. real drama. I want to see the losing team drug around by horses. I want, I want a college format where they each team gets the ball at the – at the 25, but it's not the 25 you're thinking of. It's the other oh, side. The 25? So now the pros have to go all the way down the field, and they might I, – I don't know if I agree with, like, no time and all that kind of stuff. Like, there's some, I don't know, stuff I don't – I don't have all the answers for that, but I, I think both teams deserve to have a chance and match each other, and there's a lot of drama involved with that as well. If, if one team scores a touchdown and now it's fourth down and – 10 and they're going for it and they have to do that three times throughout moving the ball down the field like that that, that'd be fun to watch you know uh would that drag games on for a really long time it would yeah but we're talking about the playoffs i don't care i want to know who the best team is and and you better believe if there's a game in overtime in the playoffs that the ratings are just going to go higher and higher people are going to be calling their friends texting like people are going to join and watch that yeah i mean i i think both teams should touch the ball i just I, i think it's actually a lot simpler than people are making out to be Play the game. Play the game the way it was designed. Play the game that they just played four quarters of and and just play it out. They don't care. I'm telling you, these guys want to play real football. They don't want gimmicks. What do you mean? So play one more quarter. No. Play two more halves. Play. All right. So when you win the quarter. Another (laughs) game? No. no, Crazy. But shorten it. A 10-minute half. Two-minute warning. And a 10-minute half. A two-minute warning and a two-minute warning. That'd be cool too. Like, like remember Joe Montana when you could just play two minute warnings? Yeah. Or like two minute drills, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. No, but I think all right. So if you win the toss at the beginning of the game, I don't like the second toy, coin toss. I think that's stupid as well. Toy toss. I think if you took the ball to take the first <laughs> uh, to to start yeah, the game, then it goes to the other team. Then it goes to the other team in this halftime, right? The next half should go to the team that had got the ha- got the ball ha- at halftime, and then but the, but if this is the the whole part of the the game. Play the 10-minute half. Play it like real football, real football rules, real clock rules. Like, it's just 10 minutes. It's not that big of a deal. Halftime. Play the second 10 minutes. Commercials. Boom. Right there. Commercials. I'm telling you, they'll love it. 
they'll get paid even more. Yeah, it, no, I or think, they, or I they think you're onto something. The, or they can adopt the here, no commercial break here, in, in the, like the NHL does in overtime. Here is my idea. It kind of falls in between yours and yours. One more quarter. One more 15-minute quarter. That solves a lot. Both teams will get possession. There's going to be – there's there's bound to be a turnover or turnovers. Okay, so where does that end? What if it ends in another tie? What? Where, when does it Play end? Play another quarter. Play and another and that's where quarter. I, and I, I get – that everybody brings up the the player safety, player safety is so important. Look, these guys play. So after, at the game. end of a it's football a game, game, it's not at a baseball game. At the end of a football game, though, they play twelve minutes, roughly, maybe thirteen minutes of actual playing, snap to tackle, no. maybe, and that's total. Split that in half, offense, defense. That's six and a half minutes. They can't play another six and a half minutes of football. It's not that difficult. Play the game. Oh, come so, on. People get injured so all you, the time. Yeah, the they moment. get injured all the time. They get injured the next game. Yeah. Or the game before. Yeah, and the more you play, the more now, opportunity to get injured. Yeah, but now, how, what do I care? How does the NHL do it in the regular season? How does the NHL do right, it in NHL the playoffs? NHL does it perfectly. So three-on-three three hockey. Get the game over with. If in you the can't, regular you do season? a shootout, I, I'd be okay with getting ready with the, the shootout. Yeah. Okay. But then in in playoffs, in playoffs, they play what twenty minute periods over and over and over and over again. There's been so, games in the playoffs that go to six freaking overtimes. They so, don't complain complain about player safety. Yeah, because they're safe. No, they're oh my, <laughs> hockey's a God. safe game. Yeah, okay, Ryan, you can't even say that with a straight face. Okay, yeah, Claude, so, Claude Lemieux's the only one that's ever had CTE <laughs> issues, you know. <laughs> Marty so, McSorley, man. So what I was getting at, you could you could alter your regular season overtime to your playoff overtime in the NFL, or just keep it the same. You know, you you could I, just do you know one fifteen minute quarter for overtime and if they tie then you do another 15 minute quarter as far as the playoffs go and then you just, can maybe make up something different for the regular season or keep that the same format I, I, I don't hate that i look at it as two halves though to make it fair because one ball one team gets the ball the first half one team gets the ball the second half what if instead it of changes everything like what, that, if, you're what playing if instead real of a football. coin toss you do a 100 meter dash or I, hate, dash. I just hate the coin toss first of all that's another thing that i don't like yeah no i i think all of these ideas are better than what they do, and that's the problem because the you cannot line is both have. Teams should touch the ball. Exactly, you cannot have a situation where the Bills do not get the ball back after what they just did and what they just accomplished. Yeah. They did not deserve to lose that game, except that their defense freaking lined up thirty yards away and let them run down the field in seventeen seconds in two plays. And first, and why they kick the ball through the end zone? Squib um, that. Why didn't you squib well, kick that? Well, these days you can call a fair catch. No, you anywhere can't. No, and, and you can't. Yeah, you that's can. college. That's college. Uh, you cannot call a fair catch outside of the end zone in on a kickoff in the NFL. Uh, it's I only you, I college. You could. Okay, it's only college. But do a squib kick. Yeah, they should have. They should have done that. Force them to use some time. Force them to use time. Force them to do something. You might yeah. have had an idiot throw the ball backwards. You never know. So, I I get that, but at the same time, also, maybe it's maybe it's easier for me to say it because I'm not a fan of the Bills, but don't they have the number one defense? Yeah, I mean, don't okay. Like I, I, I'm not, I'm I, not trying to. No, I get it. Yes, yeah, I think they them. just proved that offense is easier, easier than defense, though. Like in this type of a game, offense was dominating the whole game. Yeah, Pat, Pat you oh, could I not stop Patrick that. Mahomes in this type of a game. Tyreek Hill was just weaving his way through players. Yeah, 
And the and the stats don't lie either, because I heard earlier on ESPN today that in the postseason, what was it, the eleven overtimes that they had, the coin toss decided at ten out of eleven. And and, and I guess stupid. I, I get that, and and it does suck. The stats the stats don't lie. So for whatever reason, in the postseason, in overtime, the offense or whoever wins that coin toss has won the game 10 times out of 11. Yeah. It's yeah, it it needs to be fixed. But in this particular circumstance, it kind of seems like when you have the number 1 defense, why did you just let that happen to your team? I just don't I, just, I don't know. I don't like that argument because what if they didn't have the number 1 defense? They didn't. No, what if they or didn't? You, oh, what if but, they were the 30th ranked right no, defense, but, but they were really good offense? But what if you had the number one offense against the worst defense? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You, like, still, you still yeah, you finish can, the game. You can always say they should have made the plays. They should have done this. They should have done that. The bottom line is they didn't get a fair opportunity in overtime, and that's the crappy situation. And the NFL, I don't know why they haven't fixed this yet. It makes no sense to me. NHL and, or and NFL? So did I say NHL? Sorry, I so. NFL. I Needs to fix this. Period. Bottom line. Yeah. I it drives me nuts, and I they better fix this before it screws over the Lions next year in the playoffs. And well, and it wasn't that Kansas City argued for a change in they um, certainly did, over, did. playoff was that overtime like scenarios three or four years ago. Yeah, when they lost to the Patriots, you know, yeah. so like it's a rule that has benefited guys like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning who have these kickers that are freaking automatic. Yeah. You get to overtime, you win. Just got to win that coin toss. Yeah, yeah. and now it, it benefited them this time, and it's just, it's just not but, fair. But that doesn't it. make it right, in no, my opinion. Like, no, not at people all. People are using the oh, water finds its level; it'll find it; it'll pay off in the end. No, it's not fair. Period. Just because it might be fair six years down the road doesn't make it fair. We it makes know. it unfair for both teams. Yeah, when we they lost. we know that that momentum does not carry over from year to year. It just that's not how it works in football. Now, what if Kansas City had kicked a field goal? The game's not over, right? Correct. Okay, so there the is. The Bills would get a chance to get so the ball. So there is that yeah. little qualm that they yeah. have. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Just fix it. Did we fix anything? Just fix it. No, <laughs> we didn't fix anything. No, we just talked about the most obvious thing in the whole world, and everybody can see it along with us. I think I fixed it. I thought two ten-minute halves. Did tug, we have football. tug of war? Did we have Goodell on it the was line? The tug of war. <laughs> yeah, Roger. Roger. Let's, let's hear him. Yeah, he's yeah. also in his basement. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. Let's let's move on. Do a bumper. Yeah, yeah I'm trying. I just... Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. State of my sports. All right. Move. Got on. It's gonna be softer with the fingers when you're doing those bumpers. Was that too loud? The finger? No, no. I'm just saying. Like, if you want to do it right, you just. I just need to pick one. Use and, like touch. I overthink it all. Yeah, just gentle t- touch. Gentle touch. Yep. Did I hit it pretty hard? I almost knocked No, it you out. just weren't touching it, I don't think. I didn't <laughs> touch it at all. All right. So what we're going to do now is we're going we're gonna to get into our Michigan. So I, I, have no, I have no idea what you're talking about. I, I missed it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just going to move on. It just took like 10 seconds for that you know bumper, but that's fine. All right. Listener Carrie is not concerned with player safety either, by the way. Thank you, Carrie. That makes sense. Why do we care hey, come on. about Let's player safety? On. You just did the bumper. Let's reset. All right. I'm going to use the same one. All right. So, carry. <laughs> so what we want to do now is we want to talk about some some players 
um, prospects, some just some players in the in the state of Michigan. You got you got some on every team, and and I think that there we need the organization needs to make a decision on here as fans. We need to make a decision. On. Are we? Do we need to lower our expectations? Do we need to move on and give up and say that they were bust or, or whatever it was? Um, and 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 we should break these break these down a little. Yeah, bit. yeah, and and maybe some of these we can jump through quickly. And yeah, some of so them... I, let's start with some tigers. Yeah, I, I love that. If you're cool with that, um, I so I have a few names on here. I have quite a bit of names on the list. Um, but I, I'm not sure all of them need to be brought up necessarily because. The way I, I want to look at the Tigers is we're still in in somewhat of a rebuild mode because these guys that aren't necessarily good or panning out the way that we wanted, they're still not they're not holding anybody back. So it's not that big of a concern yet. But when you want to see the Riley Greens, the Spencer Torkelsons, the the other prospects, Dylan Dinglers, like you want to see these prospects coming up, these are the type of guys that are in their way and we got to make a decision on them, right? Um a few that, that that just came to mind. Uh, let's start with the the infield, if that's cool. I want to bring a couple names. We can talk about him um, if you think it's worth it. Her- Harold Castro, I know, is is a infield outfield um, type guy. Uh, Isak Paredes, uh, just a, a, a infielder, but there's kind of a logjam now. Um, Willie Castro. Those are the first three names that I, I want to bring up here. And look again. They're not in the way. We're not overpaying these guys. It's nothing crazy, um, but they're they're. It's decision time. I feel like, and I think if it's not this off season, it's going to be mid season, and trying to figure out what what we're going to do. So Harold Castro, he is uh, arbitration eligible in 2023, free agent in 2026. Her- uh, Willie Castro, 2023. 2026. So same exact thing here. Yep. I know you really like the Castros, Ryan. But are these guys? Wait, what? 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 Where? What do we do with these guys? Yeah. Do we need to lower our expectations wh- that they're not everyday guys, or, or what are you thinking? Willie Castro could be an everyday guy. He he still has that upside. I don't. I'm not giving up on him at this point. But they have always been the duo in my mind. That's like one of these guys steps up. And if you get anything out of him, it's gold from nothing. Like, Willie Castro came from a, a trade several years ago at this point. Um, and it didn't really cost us a whole lot. We got something back, and I've always wanted it to work out. Um, I agree, though. These This is a really critical year for these guys. What we need to do, with the, where the Tigers are right now, with all the guys that we're going to be bringing up, we have this year to see what happens and see how this plays out. We don't need to make a decision now. We need to make a decision this year. And so, yes, there will be a logjam. We're going to get Spencer Torkelson up this year. Um, Isaac Paredes, absolutely a guy that we need to hold on to and and see what he turns into because I think he's got a lot of potential with his bat. And he also gets on base, which is different than the Castros. But between the two Castro guys, yes, one of them – needs to step up and say that they're going to be at least a role player on this team, a depth guy that can be in the middle if they have an injury or throw him out in left field if if we need support there. Yeah. But um but it, the other it, guy it never hurts to have a good player that floats around a, a Don Kelly without Don Kelly, like a better Don Kelly. A, yeah. But the other guy, we need to be okay with cutting yeah, or it, pushing away or 
yep. rule five type stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And if there's any value out of any of these guys, um, you know, midseason when we do make these decisions, then we try to get whatever we can back from them. But, you know, Harold Castro is a career 315 on pay, on base guy. He hit 283 last year, career 291 hitter. He, he's a pretty good hitter. Like, he hits the ball yeah. on a consistent basis, doesn't strike out. He doesn't get on base. And he has got a, a in his career, eight home runs, three last year. This is not a difference maker. He's not going to bring the Tigers to the postseason. This is not the guy we're excited about yeah. um, making a really massive impact. Torkelson is that guy. Yep. So and, when he comes up. These, and when these guys are holding back a Torkelson, that's when I'm going to be angry. Oh, they that's when I'm going to be mad. They'll never hold back a Torkelson. It's more like are they going to hold back in, uh, a Paredes, a guy that really could turn into a, a legitimate option for the team yeah. long term. Um, I don't want to hold him he, back in the, the name of the the Castros. He's the bigger question mark. I think Paredes is, is the bigger question mark. Is can he ha- his can his upside be what it potentially could have been, right? When when we originally took him, like he was in there. He like he was a big a big time prospect. Not necessarily top one hundred. Or he did make he was the top he was in the top one hundred. Yeah. Um, but like we kind of know what the Harold Castro, Willie Castro, highest upside. They're not going to be stars. Isaac Paredes, Isaac Paredes, whatever you want to say, he still has that upside. Yeah, absolutely, he does. In yeah. question of like every day, can it click? And when it clicks, what in the world can this guy do? Yeah, what does that look like? Because clicking? he's got the look, he's got the feel. Uh, you you talk about a lot like it, him in the batter's box. It looks different. It feels different, and it's a threat. Is every time he comes in. The other, the league just doesn't know it yet. In a lot of ways, yeah, he doesn't well, know it yet. And his on base percentage is the same as Harold Castro, and he's hitting career two fifteen last year, two oh eight compared to Harold okay. Castro's about two ninety. So right. just imagine Paredes hitting two ninety. His on base percentage is going to be three seventy three eighty. That's a really good player that makes a big difference in your lineup. So a lot of uh, Paredes, um, his future with the team depends on where Torkelson ends up playing. Torkelson's had time at third base, which is where he kind of ended up in sec- in Double uh, A AA and Triple A. Yeah, and but he also played almost exclusively first base for West Michigan Whitecaps and before that. So st- the the jury's still up for where he's going to end up playing. Um, also, we're in the American League. We have a, a designated hitter, a DH. Paredes is an obvious guy that is not dominant defensively. He's he's okay defensively. If he ends up being a career DH, I'm fine with that as long as he gets on base. And so, so he can develop into something. But back to the Castros, Harold Castros, the the guy you let go, um, most likely because Willie Castro still has that upside. He hit three fifty just a year ago in the shortened season, and a little more versatility, and more vers- versatility, more yeah. athleticism overall. Yeah, because he can play second. Like I know, I know Harold Castro can play second, but Harold- not not at a. Not at an elite level, and I think Harold Castro, Castro defensively at second, like he's a shortstop by trade, right? With a weak weaker arm, is that fair? Uh, weaker That's overall I, defensively, yeah. Okay. Yeah, his arm is sporadic. It's not that it's a weak arm. He just he makes a lot of errors with his arm. Okay. Uh, Harold Castro is one of the lowest rated defensive infielders you could find in baseball. So there's uh, the analytics guy guys are not going to like Harold Castro offensively or defensively. All right, real quick, we want to move move into the outfield here. Um, Victor Reyes, I put him on here. I, I think I don't want to have him part of this conversation, if that's okay. Unless you wanted to bring him up. No, we can move past him. Derek Hill, Daz Cameron. And it's not necessarily these two guys. It's the logjam of the outfield in general. 
and where these guys are going to fit long term because Riley Green is the big name. He's going to he's take better than these both guys' of them. jobs. He's going to take these guys' jobs when is the question. But they're also both still young, both very highly taught first round picks, right? If I remember correctly. These guys are something that, that would suck to give up on first round picks. And that and and I know it's a, it's a different world when it comes to baseball, but that's a huge miss if if you're creating this logjam in the outfield and these guys aren't panning out. Yeah. And you have to give up on one of these guys or two of both of these guys potentially because you've built this out other like you have other outfielders that you they're just not going to get the job over right yeah there's there's definitely more room for the outfield right now with Daz Cameron and Derek Hill um, one of these guys can make a name for themselves and stick in the outfield um I I think Derek Hill has is more likely to be that guy which you would have asked me last year I would not have said that I when he played he was a difference maker yeah at he, least in the outfield defensively stud absolute defensive stud um and and really the energy that he he changed his swing 100 percent and and he got on base, and, and when he was on base, he stole bases and everything else. I think the youthful energy he brought was important to the team overall. Uh, Daz Cameron just swings and misses so much. I, don't, I mean, well, if one of these guys steps up, I'd be happy. I don't really expect either one of them to be the long-term answer in the outfield. I think the Tigers will outgrow them, and if we get something out of them, that's you know good for them. All right, and then the, there was one more name that I wanted to bring up. Uh for the Tigers was their their uh, pitcher, a pitcher, Alex Fajardo. So he was drafted out of high school by the Tigers in the 40th round in 2014, and then once again the Tigers drafted him in the first round. Right? Where, where, why can't I find that? Sorry. Fajardo was a first first round, round pick, 18th yeah. overall in 2017, out of the University of Florida, Gainesville, Florida. What what do we do with this guy? So. High upside. He was in the baseball top 100 for in 2018. Injuries have absolutely slowed him down. COVID, one and COVID year. was yeah, a was yeah, a part of it. Part of it. So what are we going to do with this guy? Because we're we're creating a long j- log jam of young pitchers, and he has no trade value at this point. Uh, I wouldn't because say of he does, the he questions. Has none. Yeah, but like I mean. What what do you see with this guy? I think you you keep the log jam as long as you possibly can. You look at what the Braves did this last year; like they had so many young pitchers step up and that that contributed to winning a World Series through the injuries, through the the signings and the guys who didn't work out. And that's what the Tigers. I think they need to put themselves in that position if at all possible. Which means that you hold on to these guys, you bring them up, you put them down, you you do whatever you can to hold on to a young core group of guys, and if one's lost from Tommy John, the next one steps in. You cannot just build your team around five starting pitchers. We're way past that in in this day and age. We need nine starting pitchers, eight starting pitchers, so that when they go down, you've got somebody coming right up. And if that means that he comes in and he lights the world on fire and we lose the veteran signing that that we're going to get or something like so be it. Who cares? Let the best players stick in the rotation. Um I, I expect him to be part of that plan. He's not going to be in the top, you know, top five, yeah. yeah, rotation right away. Okay. Um, but if he finds himself there due to injuries, I want him to stick. Do you think? So you think he still has a place in this organization? 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's it, not time to give up. He's a swing and miss guy. He's demonstrated that. Yeah. He, swing, he gets a lot of swings and misses. That There's something to be said for that. The nice part about baseball is there's so many names, so many roster spots, 40-man roster I think they have, and then yep. you can have minor leagues. And free agencies like seven years from now, it seems like, with all these guys. So it's not like we have to really truly make a decision. We can hide them, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a that's a good way to say it. Yep. Um, but when you get to basketball, it's a little different because five guys are on the floor. How many guys are on a bench? How many how many guys are on an NBA roster? There's probably what uh, like six guys on the 13, bench, maybe thirteen ish. I think. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think the max is fifteen actually. Okay. But. So the the big one in in Detroit sports with 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 um prospects that just don't look good right now. Killian Hayes. Oh, he's obvious. He's just so he was a first round pick, seventh overall in 2020. Still very young. He's 20 years old. He's from. It says Lakeland, Florida. Yeah, he's from Florida. He he spent <laughs> like, time what? Tigers camp. He so all right. Are we still talking Tigers? <laughs> I thought you would jump Lake, into the Pistons. Lakeland, Florida. Isn't that where Tiger? Tigers? Yeah, 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 you got it. So is he a Tigers prospect? No, he's or from he France. Pistons? Drop. Okay. Let's right. go. Multi-sport, baby. Let's, yeah, I like this. this well, if awesome. he can play baseball, then sign him up because uh, I don't know about basketball. <laughs> All right. Anyways, <laughs> he's a, a left-handed point guard that we drafted very high. And yeah. I don't know anything about basketball. Did you John, say we were high when we drafted him? Th- that's possible. Well, no, that was before Stan Van Gundy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what do we do with this guy, Ryan? His numbers are terrible. What well, six point two points per or six point five points per game in sixty games? Yeah, four point four assists per game. Stats are are ugly, and the stats are probably better than what it it even is. Yeah, I mean, I, I so I found an article. Um, the title of the article is "Killian Hayes is bad." <laughs> <laughs> that, that's just what they're talking about. I actually don't even have the guy's name on here. I could I could look that up if I really need to. But it, it starts with, by just saying, like, yeah, we know that rookies can be really bad, but Killian Hayes has been historically bad over the first two seasons. And I'll just kind of get right into it because we need to figure out if this guy's going to be bad forever or if there's some hope for him. Um, so I'm going to read out some stats here. So, it feels a, sorry, go ahead. Just go. Yeah, so he started um he started 51 of his 59 games. So he's he's starting. He's getting starters minutes. He's starting. He's he's shooting 30 for his career, 34% from the field, 28% from 3, and he's he's only been to the free throw line 50 times. Um yeah, he he is a talented passer. He can play defense, but I think the point is out of uh, 237 players who have played more than 10 games and averaged more than 10, uh, 20 minutes per game. Killian Hayes ranks dead last number 237 in true shooting percentage, which means true shooting percentage is like where they bring the three point percentage involved. Like a, if you're shooting 40% from three, that's, that's elite. That counts more than shooting 40% from two because of the value of the points. So when they add all that up, they're saying, out of 237 players in the league over the last two years, Killian Hayes is dead last in true shooting percentage, and it's not even close. Ugh. In fact, historically, he is like unprecedented bad numbers shooting the ball um, for any rookie or second-year player. So it, the numbers show and would point to the fact that he's actually bad that he's just a bad basketball player. He'll never be good on the offensive end. There's only a couple of examples, I think, that we can even find where 
somebody has dug out of this hole. Um, Lonzo Ball being one of them. But I think the problem with that is Lonzo Ball had great stats in college, and he shot the ball in college, and he just went through uh, lack of confidence and then and then gained it back. And now he's one, one of the elite three and D uh, players in basketball right now for the Chicago Bulls. Are we talking like G League material here with numbers? We're talking. He's, Are we talking he's going like, to go back no. back home to France and play, right? Yeah, or Lakeland. I mean, well, yeah, we need to figure that out. I think that's <laughs> the point. So, of the 317 players who have at least 30 field goal attempts in the restricted area, so near the basket, uh, Killian ranks 297 out of those 317 in field goal percentage. And out of the 152 players who have at least 30 field goal attempts from the mid-range, Killian Hayes ranks 148 out of 152. So, again, this is like when you talk about a a three-level score, you talk about getting inside, uh, mid-range, and outside. Right now, Killian is a no-level score. From none of those levels is he an average or even a below-average score. He's almost dead last in all of those areas, which is just, again, kind of historically bad. Wow, and, I mean, and 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 I think that just means that like overall for the team, he can make an impact on the defensive side. But when the defense doesn't have to worry about you at all, whether you're driving, whether you're shooting three, whether you're trying to shoot mid range, when you have the ball in your hands, if you can just forget about it and look at everybody else, you're playing five on four, and that that does that's like playing against me in high school. I wouldn't shoot the ball. I'm basically Killian Hayes right now. Like it, there wouldn't be a difference. He doesn't shoot, and when he does, he misses. You can you can grab a whole lot of people that can do that. Yeah, who is is he in the way of anybody? And I don't mean like somebody that's already on the roster, but just like changing things up. Like, it, does he make this team worse than than they are, or is it more or less just like we got to let this guy develop, and we're just letting him develop on on the on the court? Like, well, and that's on all the it, NBA court. Like, yeah. why isn't he? Going to the G League. And, That's and always developing. been the argument. That's always been the argument that um, they, he needs more time to develop. And he came over from France playing against professionals, so he should have been uh, quicker to pick up on the game and be farther ahead than other people. That's why he started right out of the gate last year. I think I think we're at a point right now where there needs to be a decision, and that's the point of this this segment, right? Yeah. It's decision time, and it's absolutely what needs to happen right now. I don't want him to just sit the bench and not get playing time. I want him to keep playing. Right now is the time to figure out who he really is. But he's proven that if that as a starter, he isn't who we want him to be. So now I think he's in the prove-it time where you're going to get bench minutes, you're going to come off the bench, and you better change the way you play in order to earn more playing time. Okay. Put, the, put the pressure on Killian Hayes, make him develop and grow up a little bit. He's like a little scared kid out there. No, time to grow up and be a big boy and, and see what you can do on the court and start gaining some confidence um, and if he doesn't, I'm sorry. You're not going to last in the league, and there's plenty of people that don't last in the league. Did the Pistons make a mistake last year throwing him to the Wolves, just tossing him out there, letting him figure it out? I don't think so. I think they knew what they had as a roster. I mean, you were overpaying Blake Griffin at that point, and then you got rid of him for nothing. Um, if you're going to develop a guy like Killian Hayes, you can't develop him in the G League when you got Dwayne Casey, who's one of the best at developing young guys, especially foreign talent, mm-hmm. um, with his time in Toronto. It's just unfortunate that they don't have a squad right now that's competitive with even the bottom of the barrel. And 
Well, I think we wasted a seventh overall pick on this guy. Yeah, if, if and, he wasn't a seventh overall pick, would he be in the league right now? He wouldn't be getting the minutes he's getting right now. Definitely, he would be a, a backup to somebody. He would be a backup point guard. So is it just we just need to remove and like? I, I felt this way with 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 Lions in the past. Is like just remove where he was picked from and enjoy what it, what he is, or or just or work on it or yeah. work on what he is and be like. Remove that label of where he was drafted and who you could have drafted instead, blah, 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 and just look at him as a player. Dude, us as fans just need to be like, I'm going to remove the seventh overall label and recalculate the way I look at this guy. Does that make sense? It makes sense, but I think with Killian, it's so obvious just watching him play. If you watch the games, you can see the um, the lack of confidence all over him. And so as fans, you want him you want him to be out there playing because you want him to work through that and like grow up in the game of basketball and and move past it because I think there are some things about him that we all see that could be good. He he's a very good passer. He really is. But when you pass every time and you're predictable, then you're not going to be effective. And, and and you're a good defensive player, but when you're a complete liability and dead last in all of basketball in the offensive end, it doesn't matter how good you are on the defensive end, you're not adding to the team. So it's it's a frustrating place to be in, and right now I want to put the pressure on him and make him grow up a little bit. And, and plenty of players grow up with a different team than who drafted him, um, or some people go play overseas and they never come back. Yeah. And I think we're at that point now where it's like, Killian, I'm sorry, we gave you every opportunity in the world. If you're lacking in confidence, that's on you now because they gave plenty of opportunity for him to get gain that confidence. It's on you. Prove it. See what's going on. And I think – I think that's his career path right now is become a, a bench player. We saw what Cade Cunningham did tonight. 34 points, career high, eight, eight rebounds, eight assists, four blocks. I mean, incredible. Only other rookie to put up numbers like that, Michael Jordan. I've heard of him. Yeah, I He's have too. Good, right? At uh, least who? competitive. MJ. Michael, <laughs> Michael Jordan. MJ. Well, so, that's a creative nickname for MJ. Yeah. So I want I, I want to focus <laughs> our effort on the rebuilding side on Cade Cunningham because he's the real deal and we didn't miss sure. on that number one overall pick. If Killian wants to to be a part of that, that's fine. Come in from the bench and if you turn into a stud shooting, you gain your confidence back and and everything's hunky dory. Join join the starting lineup, be a six five point guard and and like be the Lonzo Ball where you stand in the corner. There's a place for you on the team if you become that, but you cannot be historically bad on offense. All right, moving to some Red Wings, or at least one Red Wing. The one that's really creating a lot of conversation in the Red Wing world is Philip Zadina. Uh, he was uh, the sixth overall pick in 2018. Uh, he's got 19 career goals in 126 career games, 29 assists, only 48 points, and he's minus 39 as plus minus. Um, all right. This is a this is an interesting one. So the the key with the, this one's a little different than the, than all the other ones because he's a restricted free agent. The Red Wings actually need to make a decision on this guy. Now, restricted free agent, you can usually get it at a discount. You get him at a lower than market value usually in the NHL um, because they're looking for that bridge deal to get to the free agency. So you don't have to make a full decision on this guy, but I want to talk about the the way that this guy's been playing and and all that. Like his numbers lie in a lot of ways um, because the Red Wings are a bad team. They're fun. They're exciting, finally. And their top line is one of the better lines in hockey. 
It's really and they all make they them, got. They make them a lot better than what they actually are. And when you start getting into the 9 through 12 forwards, that's where the real drop-off is. And that's where Zadina's playing right now. Um, they, they're, they're trying to find, find his place, trying to find cre- a creative way to make this team uh, deeper by moving Bertuzzi off the top line and, and messing with a bunch of stuff. But Zadina's playing pretty good hockey. He really is. We just need to change our expectations of what he is. We, we expected this guy's shot to come in and perform in the NHL right away. He's a different type of player than Lucas Raymond. Obviously not as good. He's a completely different player than, than a cider. But what, what we have here is a guy that came in and is getting NHL time. And he, he doesn't look out of place in the NHL. He's not the best skater. He's not the fastest. He's not the he's not good with the puck, which I think is is a key part of, of what we're seeing with, with Zadina. Is the puck on a stick is never a good thing, but he's not quite good enough to be right there with the top guys that can get him the puck. And we're not deep enough to have really good players on the third line that fit what he's doing. Same thing with kind of Rasmussen a little bit. Um, I didn't put him on here because he's kind of already locked up for a few years, so I didn't want to waste anybody's time on it. Um, but Zadina, he still has a place in this league, and I don't think we need to give up. We can't give up on this guy, and we can't be too hard on him either because he's playing hard. He's playing good hockey, and it's just the matter of the depth in, in on this team is really what's hurting him. And when we get a guy like Verona back as our best player – that just makes the team that much difference. deeper, and that's when he can really start developing. And I'm not saying he's going to play with Verona, but the guy that Verona is going to take the place is going to move down to the thir- second line. Somebody else is going to move down to third. It just gets better. The team gets better, and that's the issue. I would love to see a little bit more more production on the 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 power play and stuff. But I think the expectations were set very high. When he was drafted, because he was the first glimmer of young hope. Because he he fell, what three spots? Yeah, everybody was expecting him to be picked third overall. I mean, top three, right? Yeah. Not not he he wasn't going to go first overall, but right at that third spot. But he fell to the wings at six, and boy, we we thought we got away with murder at that point. Yeah, I mean, we were really excited. Um, he he was a little disgruntled, and he what what did he say? Said I'm gonna fill their their nets with pucks or something in his Czech accent. Right. So like, right. <laughs> so, his... little disgruntled. He wanted to show the world that that Montreal, I think it was, screwed up because he was he was basically he he almost seemed like he was destined to be a Canadian, mm-hmm. and that didn't happen. And here he is in Detroit, and not showing his his numbers aren't showing that that top three selection. And so I, I think that he created, you know, kind of like this this bed of nails he's kind of sleeping in with what what he said. And I don't I don't think anyone hangs on to that too much, but I think the expectations overall were set a little too high. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you have Mo Sider coming in after him, when you have Lucas Raymond coming in after, you you see kind of Larkin coming into his own. You see Bertuzzi doing what he's doing, and then it all that's kind of overshadowing Zadina, which is maybe it's good in a way, maybe it's bad in a way, but in the end, it, it it's it's not someone that you can really give up on. I, I don't think you 
you should give up on him. No, I, I, I agree. And I think, the the like you said, with the way Raymond and Sider are playing, jumping in the league right away, that's what's really hurting Zadina the most. And that's what we expect. Oh, well, if they were, dra- they, they were drafted and they're performing, why isn't Zadina? It changed the expectations. It changes the expectations. Of the fans. So I, I just have a quick question. So he just turned 22. That's not the question. I, I know it because I saw his birthday there. <laughs> um, he just turned- Yes. <laughs> okay, good. Now, right, now that's on. answered. Next question. Um, so you said that uh, when the puck is on his stick, it's never a good thing. What what do you mean that by that? Because when I watch him play, I actually like. I feel like he's in a good position pretty often on the ice. Like he's involved. He's it, he seems scrappy. Seems to be in a good spot. But for some reason, the results aren't there. When the puck hits his stick, everything slows down. He's not fast when he has the puck on his stick. That doesn't mean he's not going to be a good hockey player. He's he's never going to be Connor McDavid. He's never going to be the guys that go and then Dylan Larkin and stuff like that. But when the Ooh, puck did he come? Wait, 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 yeah, yeah. Well, Dylan Larkin's a way better skater in general, especially with the puck. Similar to Connor McDavid, you said. No, I was just oh, John. I went get from that like, on repeat. I went from like a high <laughs> level to a mid level, and then oh, okay, and a low level. Okay. Look, I got some quotes that are getting trimmed. Tonight, guys. <laughs> yeah, we got a double um, rub, and we got a Dylan Larkin and a, a double rub. You notice him because when the puck hits a stick, the the feel of the game changes. He's a shooter. That's what he is. Where, where is he playing? Is he playing forward right now for us, or is he playing? Short? Yeah, he's he's a forward. Yeah, okay. he's a he's right now a third line winger. All right, he's not he's not center. So who's who's he playing with alongside right now? Usually it's is it Rasmussen? Uh, no, no one Nemes- and nobody. Nemesnikov and um, where did Nemesnikov get that? I don't know. They they honestly mix it up so much. It's really a day to day thing. So what they've recently done is moved Bertuzzi down to line two. So to try to make line two a little deeper. And yeah. when that happened, Zadina moved down to line three. So it didn't so, help him at all. Yeah, yeah. So and that that's where I'm getting. I think so he's like, playing with Rasmussen. Let's just say let's say Zadina and Raymond on, switch man. spots. And I get that Raymond is is better and that's what that's what we see the results too. Yeah. Um but he's also kind of gone through a little funk here, right? Where he's not actually putting up points. It, Zadina? Assists are there. No, Raymond. Lucas oh, Raymond. Raymond. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah, assists are still coming, but like the, the goals aren't there like it was early on in the year. Um, does Zadina look better if he's on the first line? I Yeah, I mean, if he's playing with a guy like Larkin yeah. and Bertuzzi. If he can just forget about things and, and shoot. Yeah, I'm sure he would he would look a lot better and yeah. put up points. So when when the wings get deep enough where he can do that even on the third line. That's, that's the key. That would impact him. Because he, he's going to have guys... That can control a game. Yeah, with I, him, I think that's that so can key. have the puck on their stick. That can make the play instead of him needing to be the one to make the play. I think that's so key in all these sports. So we're talking about all of our sports teams right now, and these guys we need to make a decision on. Depth is so important, but especially in in this kind of a thing with, with hockey, it's not, it's not that your reserves are there in case something happens. They get they all get regular ice time every single game. Yeah, so. You have to keep investing in these young guys. Again, he just turned 22 years old. How do you not say that he's part of this core group of guys and maybe as part of the core he's on fourth line eventually and you realize that you have a whole bunch of other better guys or he's that first-round talent that took longer to develop and by the time he's 25 and good, he's like a stud third-liner. The hard part with hockey, though, is you have your top six forwards are 
your talented guys, the guys that can shoot, the guys that can score, the guys that can cycle and, and make the plays, basically. And then when you get into a third-line, fourth-line role, you don't want those guys. Those aren't the guys that you build your team around, the guys that expect a score that bring value putting up points necessarily. Yeah, you can find those guys, and that's great, but those are your checking guys, the guys that you want to match up against another team's top line. Yeah, I, I see So, what you know at. what I mean? So it's like... It's not apples it, and oranges. It's not apples yeah. and oranges. Like, you can't just have a first line... No, it is apples and, and oranges, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Different. <laughs> it is... Yeah, I don't know. But basically <laughs> what I'm saying is... Zadina, his his game type is top six forward. And he hasn't... He's not getting those those minutes, those to, that time... He's also not playing with top six forward talent. Okay. Either. Let's get down to brass tacks really quick. Now, with Verona coming back, what what happens with the top two lines? Okay. I, I or or finish out your thought. I'm sorry. No, I honestly I don't know what they're gonna do. It's it's gonna be very interesting. Verona decision time is top six forward guy, no question. I wanted to know where you were going with that. If he was going to be a top six forward guy or a top three, hands down. He's. I, I don't want to say because it, it all depends on the way that like who who they want him to gel with. I think that they're going to stick with the first line the way it is. Have Verona, Bertuzzi, and whoever's centering that line right now. I can't think of it. But like just load up completely for the top six, and maybe I don't know who they would send down to the top to the third line. I. I that's what I was getting at. Is I wanted to see Verana and Zadina matched up on the second that's, line. Yeah, that's not going to happen. See, why not? And though? that's where we're, we're having a. Uh, yeah, that's where it's tough. It's really tough. He he doesn't deserve top six time right now. But how do we make our third line a little bit more like the second line that can be a threat? Yeah, and he's show been, that he's been drinking alcohol. And the for only one thing, year. the only thing, yeah, in the U.S. <laughs> and that's probably half the problem. Because um, <laughs> you probably discovered it, and he's like, "Oh, I like this a lot." Um, but I don't know; he's not holding anybody back either. We don't have somebody that's like, "We want somebody o- over him." So re-sign him, get a good deal, see how it develops. That's that's the biggest key. Yeah, if they really believe in him, maybe it's time to restructure for a team-friendly type of deal. For sure. Let's move to the Lions real quick. How are we sitting on time, John? Do we? How much time we got here? How much time do we have left, or how much time has transpired? How much time has transpired? He just said Lions. <clears throat> Can you do the math? 102 minutes. All right, 142. Okay. Trust me. I was going to say 22. Yeah. So that's why I can't do the math, right? <laughs> if, I could, if I could hit the ding <laughs> You, you blew his mind. Yeah, no. <laughs> Thank you. All right. We got a couple Lions here. Oh, we got a couple comments rolling in too. Oh boy, Jarrett's requesting Let's that we talk go. about college basketball at some point. Um, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you in March, buddy. Maybe late February. I think. See I think Jarrett? next week. I think next week we could do something. Okay. All right, Ryan's I'll running. Sp- Ryan running that topic. And Kyle sure is commenting a lot. Maybe he wants to make a little uh, cameo. Does comeback. he want? Does he want to come back? I don't know. Man, it'd be nice, Kyle. We don't read comments. We only give people microphones. Do we have two room on the t- at the table for for a guy like that? No, we're pretty comfortable right now. I kind of like the three. Yeah, we don't have room for a crowned sorry. man. Sorry, 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 Kyle. King Kyle. King comments. I threw your mic away. <laughs> Actually, King Kyle's comments. I think that's a new thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, King King Kyle's comments of the future. Jarrett would just like to talk a little bit about the number ten ranked. 
MSU Spartans. Yeah, I mean, they, I don't know. Yeah, what, good for them. Yeah, what what sport lost. is that? I thought in? he was a Florida they guy. Lose today. That's yeah, what they I just lost. I asked them if Tampa Bay fan or Tampa Bay residents root for the Orlando Magic or the Miami Heat. You know, they don't get a professional team on there. State just lost to uh, Illinois today. 56-55. Ooh, yeah. that was a, that was uh, a big really? game, wasn't it? Sorry, Jared. Well, that, that was for first place. They're not going to be number Robbie. ten anymore. So Ooh. stay up, stay up to date with your your college yeah, basketball talk. And I know Michigan's Jared. been really disappointing, but they have. I, it almost feels like a tor- a corner's been turned a little bit, and they they're looking a little better. Jarrett, yeah. Jarrett said he's had to listen to two Lions mock drafts and Tigers talk before college basketball talk when the season's Nobody's going forcing on. you to listen. Also, Jarrett, <laughs> it, last week was Monday. I know for a fact you were not listening. I yeah, saw, I saw your comments. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on. Yes, Lions. Don't bring up these type of comments, John. Well, I'm just letting the Actually, people know. I'll suspend you know. for another eight weeks That's like I did before. Hurt. All right. <laughs> Come on, Sam, don't do that. Kyle. Right, no, I'm not going to do that. Kyle, no. what are you up to next week? <laughs> All right, the big one. Jeff He's Akuda. like, not that. <laughs> um, El Jefe? No, I, I feel like what Jeff Akuda is, is we need to remove the number three overall pick off of his back and just say, what kind of NFL player are you? And that's what Lions fans need to do. I know it's hard, but, like, he's good. He's good. He's athletic. He's a good football player. He's going to find his way. He's got a spot somewhere. And and that's where it's like, was he worth the third overall pick? Currently right now, no. I cannot tell you that with a straight face. But is he a good football player in the NFL? I'm sure he's going to find his way and it's going to work out. And we still got time on him. That was only year two, and he was injured. So we don't have to make the decision on on, uh, the option yet. But we got to find where he fits because he does have a little versatility, and you keep bringing up potentially moving him to a a safety position. Yeah, it could be. It's on the table. So this is the same injury that uh, um, I'm trying to think of who just came back from this injury. Cam Akers? Yeah, Cam Akers just came back from the same exact injury, yeah. um, and, and they're talking about it as like a six-month thing right now, or, or a six- to eight-month thing, I think. So yeah, I, and yeah. Okuda, the, I guess the point is Okuda should be ready for next year's training camp, or could be, and um, if he is, you know, there's a lot of hype with him this year and how good he looked and how fast he looked and how his decision-making, he was a different player. That's what they told us. And everything else they told us with all the hype ended up being mostly true. So I, I have to believe if you have a healthy Jeff Okuda year two and he turns out to be a good football player, like a Jerry Jacobs, like everybody loves Jerry Jacobs right now. If he would have showed out like Jerry Jacobs for the first six weeks, would we feel differently about this? Because we lost him so early we couldn't tell. He had a good week one. He did. He had a good week one. If and he played like Jerry Jacobs, people would still be like, well, you're still a third overall pick. Yeah, probably true. Yeah, because we had no <laughs> the expectations reason why for Jerry, Jerry Jacobs. Jacobs is, whoa, this guy's pretty good. Yeah, and and there's some truth to that, absolutely. Yeah. I, but I think uh, with Okuda, with the size that he that he is, uh, you know, as a cornerback, I think he's like six foot two, um, big bigger body, not elite speed or anything, but he's got the the arm length and everything you want in that type of like shutdown or at least athletic cornerback. You that that translates to safety as well. So if you were to pair him up at safety or see what he can do, he's always been a really good tackler. Um, I think there's somewhere for him to fit on the football field. And if you're not going to get top three production from him, so be it. who cares? I mean, right. yeah, you're getting something from him. And this isn't even like it's the regime that drafted him in the first place. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I mean, your sample size is so small. I mean, I, I mean, how can you make 
a, a decision like this with such a small sample size. Yeah, right? the, the sample size is small, and it's even it's extremely small with this defense, this coaching staff, this regime, and guys that like our safeties have come out and talked about how this coaching staff is different. This is how we got better because of them. What could Akuda have done? Yeah, and we got a quarter and a half of football. Well, and our defensive coordinator <laughs> name. Aaron Glenn. Aaron Glenn specializes in this. This is what he does with defensive backs. And he this was like his pet project over the offseason with Jeff Okuda. And, th- again, the hype was about Okuda and the steps he was going to take. And let's not forget year one, he was injured through that whole thing too. He had the, the hamstring injury he was dealing with in week one of, of his rookie year. Injuries are part of the game in football. We Romeo Okuara was supposed to be our sack king this year and we lost him right away with a terrible injury it's, it's part of the game so if this ends up being you know okuda's career and he never comes back it's just going to be one another sad story about an injury ruined a potential talent that's the way i'm seeing this i don't see him as a bust i see him as we still don't even know what this guy is no i, I, I just want to i just want to find a spot for him on the field yeah no i i think that's good a uh, couple names that, that I, I i put on here Jamar Jefferson, who was a seventh-round pick last year. Trinity Benson, who was traded for a fifth and a seventh-round pick to the Broncos. Uh, they also got the Broncos' sixth-round pick. Now, I, I don't think we need to make a, a decision on these guys, but this was their year because the injuries that we had at running back. There was times that um, our two top running backs were out, and yet Jamar Jefferson got got a little bit of time and, and looked decent. He looked and good. Trinity really good. Benson never got an, an opportunity in one of the worst wide receiving cores of all time heading into the season and midseason and all that stuff. If there was a year that these guys would show that they have value in this league, I feel like it would have been this year. And here I'm just looking at these two names and I'm like, we need to upgrade. If they weren't good enough to get more playing time, get more snaps, get more touches – on this team, how in the world will they have a space, have a spot on this team next year when we're winning the division? I think with uh, That's Jamar. The second time I did that, and you guys haven't. Talked I, to me I think with Jamar Jefferson, uh, Craig Reynolds was the main benefactor after Jefferson got hurt. Craig Reynolds ended up earning a, a new contract, really, for next year as well, Yeah, based on the playing time he got and the opportunity he got and capitalized on. That could have been Jamar Jefferson. He scored a touchdown with a really uh, impressive that, that run. Against the Steelers? Um, yeah, I, th- yeah, I think it was the Steelers. Yeah. yeah, but either way, he scored that, that – it was like a 28-yard run or something yeah, like yeah. that. It was it was impressive, and he got hurt on that on that play. Like yep. as he's scoring a touchdown, it's again another unfortunate thing. Um, I'd like to keep him on the team. I'd like to for him. Uh, I I like the way he runs. He he's a vision first running back. He's not all about the tools, speed, uh, running over guys or anything like that. He he's more about finding the space and, and working his way through the defense. Um, there's a place for a guy like that, especially if he's a hard worker and he can contribute on special teams. I'm not going to give up on him. Uh, we don't need to. He's still on a rookie deal. Trinity Benson, wide receiver that we traded for for the, in the from the Broncos. Again, we were weak at wide receiver. We were weak at wide receiver bodies, and they had to bring in Josh Reynolds to to come in and 
be that. Yeah, Trinity this one Benson was, was supposed to be that. This is disappointing. We- and if we're going to upgrade at wide receiver, which we're freaking better, this guy's got no place on this roster. Correct, yeah. I mean, unless he's a spare option at some point. Yeah, it, it, I don't think this matters. It, people say we give a fifth-round pick. Yeah, but we got Benson return. We give up fifth and seventh-round picks, and we got a sixth in Benson. So, like, really, it's basically like Benson for a six. If you tell me a six-round wide receiver didn't work out, I'd be like, who cares if it's a six-round wide receiver? They took a flyer. They they gave it a shot. We haven't signed through next year, too. That, that contract will probably be cut. Um, yeah come this offseason just to free up some cap space. I, I'm not I'm not worried about this. I don't expect him to be with, with the team long term. All right. Logan Stenberg, Will Harris. I put both of them on the list. Probably shouldn't have. Like, is it, is it worth talking about? Either Will, Will Harris I think is worth talking about. Logan Stenberg hasn't seen the field. It's not worth talking about a guy that hasn't really made an impact. Will Harris is a failed safety. And then and then he comes in when we have no cornerbacks left, and he actually so is he the opposite of Okuda. Uh, kind of, yeah. Like when we needed him most, he was there. He was available, and he actually played. I'm not gonna say he played a good cornerback, but he was there playing, and he was competitive, and he played. I think he was a better cornerback than he was a safety, which is funny because he couldn't guard anybody as a safety, cover anybody, but as a as a cornerback, he played his role. He played off people, and he made him throw it six yards and went up and tackled him. So I, I don't know. I think I think Will Harris is one of those guys that the coaching staff might have fallen in love with because of his grit, and he might be a locker room guy, and, and I can't say that for sure, but I expect him to be on the team over the next couple of years. All right. The last one I wanted to bring it up, and this is probably the bigger biggest one because it is decision time. TJ Hawkinson. Look, he deserves a spot on this roster. He's an extremely good tight end. He's the best tight end we've had in a very, very long time, if not ever. Um, Since Sloan? <laughs> Sloan, I forgot. <laughs> what was his first name? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm man. On it. Any- Jerry Sloan? No. I don't know. No. Anyways. Yeah. What? Do you remember his name? Definitely not Jerry Sloan. <laughs> <laughs> not Jerry Sloan? <laughs> Wasn't he like the coach of the Utah Jazz? Yes, he was. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. He was like 45, but he looked like he was 73. <laughs> Grayest hair already. <laughs> yeah. All right, anyways, uh, basically we're going to come in here. We're going to pick up his fifth-year option, right, which is coming up. Um, but then he's a, a, a free agent in, in 2024, and he's going to get a payday. And I think the Lions need to make that decision is if – are we going to be the ones to pay him? Where are we at in this rebuild? Are we able to pay for a top-level tight end to, to to be – I don't know what I'm asking. I'm getting distracted here. I can give you my opinion, but – Would you pay this guy? You don't, you don't pay him unless you have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So if you – Go draft a quarterback, and you believe in him, and he shows promise. Then you resend this guy to match whenever you have to pay your quarterback, to the number of years, the duration for when you have to start spending money on your quarterback, so you can release him when the time comes to pay your quarterback. You match him up exactly along those timelines because he's not worth paying if you're not ready to invest in a quarterback. He doesn't even your young quarterback of the future is not going to miss him if he's never played with him. So oh yeah okay, you know what I mean. See yeah. And and the last thing you do is overpay 
for a tight end with an average middling quarterback that is never going to do anything for you. John? And I don't think Jared Goff is like the quarterback that TJ Hawkinson needs either, right? No. No, Hawkinson could upgrade <laughs> big time <laughs> if he leaves Jared Goff. So I think I think again Just it comes like historically not a tight end throwing like quarterback. You know, he's needed a deep, fast threat and we don't have that, you know. And he had that with Robert Woods and well, who was um Yeah. Uh, he's bounced around. Yeah. Uh, Used to be elite talent, but yeah. doesn't golf need a check down here? guy? It's usually his running back with it? his with his running back, but yeah. um, yeah, whatever his name is, he's he's out of the league. Clemson, Brandon Cooks. He had Brandon Cooks right now. He did have Brandon Cooks, yeah, right? When they mm-hmm. went to the Super Bowl, and like, I, uh, yeah. So he hasn't had any of that in Detroit, right? And like, I don't know. I want Hawkinson to stay. I do too. I like what he does. I'm just I'm I'm trying to play that. Angel on one shoulder, demon on the other. It's like, huh? Has he really done enough to get a paycheck? Well, he's really good t- tight end. Yeah, you really <laughs> want here? Well, yeah. do you really want to overpay? Does he deserve top five tight end money? And you guys get that cap space hit, and that's awful. Yeah, there's no doubt he Can needs he to live be without paid. him. He's great, <laughs> but I mean, is the timing right? Like Ryan said, I think Ryan nailed it. The timing is is actually a really good point with that. And it's will we have our tight or our quarterback of the future ready to go? Yeah. Or if you draft Sam Howell this year, right, Ryan? Well, that's and that's really it. If you draft Sam Howell <laughs> and you believe in him, <laughs> no? with the second sure, overall, right, sure. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure this is just firing up Jared. More more draft talk. <laughs> Does no, he not no, like no. draft talk? More if, mock, if more mock draft in, to this right, season. T- have Jared email me and and tell me what he wants to talk about next week, and we'll 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 design a p- episode for him. All right, it better Sam, be the happiest beer on earth. Is what Sam? True or false? Hey. If you invest in a quarterback this year in the draft, it's in the first round. Extra year of eligibility or control. Then it has to be, yeah. Yes. So you you absolutely, you have two draft picks in the first round. If you invest in a quarterback, it's going to be first round. It's not even an option after that. Second, or our second first round pick, potentially trade up to get the guy you want. If, like, that's sure, where, if you that's, believe in him. Yeah. Yeah, if, 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 if you believe if in him. If you're taking the fourth best quarterback off the board just because, that's where I'm like, See ya. Like I'm, I'm out. So at this point, with the quarterback situation, the best case scenario is we draft our future quarterback this year in the first round. If we don't do that, we cannot pay a tight end elite money without the system around him to be good or to to make use of him. But it also doesn't hurt to have an elite tight end ready for that young quarterback to be like. All right, I'm in. I'm ready to go. All right, I need something to throw to. No, because you you invest in game breakers. You you invest in um, defensive ends, uh, guys who good after the quarterback yeah. and all that kind of stuff. The quarterbacks like so the, are you, the Patriots. Are you team. saying T.J. Hawkinson is not a game breaker? Because no, I feel not. like he has the ability to be. Since when? Week one of his rookie year, when he had 125 yards, and he hasn't done that since. He was really happy at that point. Yeah, we all were. Yeah, we we saw the potential. There's obviously it was potential a really there. Really big tie against the Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, big deal. I, I I'm a huge Hawkinson fan. <laughs> I think there's a lot of value in a guy who can block and like the the I, unpredictability of a good tight end to go out like Travis Kelsey and dominate 
there or put a put a massive block on somebody and let your running back go run wild. I think wild. we're seeing that there's multiple everybody wanted the Kittles and the the um who you just said Kelsey Kelsey, Kelsey. they're both still in it by the way and Gronks and so like everybody wanted that but there's also other ways of doing it there's the Tunyons there's the yep. um Edwards or Andrews sorry Andrew like they're different t- there's other ways to have a good successful tight end in this league and that's where I think where we need to figure out is like do we need the potential high end of a kittle because that's what I that's what I think Hawkinson is his upside is a is a kittle or can we get away with downgrading paying less getting a different breed if you will of, of tight end okay if if you honest to goodness think he is a Kelsey or a Gronk then pay him because they're massive weapons. We we've watched and that, and those guys. That's we've watched. He's not. He's not a. Kelsey. You don't think he is? And, and no. I and I don't think so either. I think he's he's the next I, tier. I, I think Kelsey is like that that high A tier. I think Hawkinson is in the B tier. You know, and and that that's. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. He's a great no, tight no, end. I, I know that, but and, and, I I just don't know if I would pay him Kelsey money. You know. Yeah, no, I, I I hear you there. But when was the last time we let a tier two ish position player go, and where did he end up? You're talking about Stafford. Stafford. That's, that's because not even he a was a two. Well, he's second tier type talent. It's not even a comparison. You can't compare a quarterback to a tight end. Can I, John? He, he's trying. Allowed to do that? I don't know. I think a quarterback does touch the ball every offensive play, right? <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You Matt, get what Matt, I'm saying, though. Matt Stafford had a hard time getting T.J. Hawkinson the ball when he was wide open at times. You do get what I'm saying, though. Tier two is not a bad thing, and if you have one on your roster, don't let it go. It, because he, a tier two, any to, position is very important. He's going to require elite money for his position. Yeah, it's not a bad thing having a tier two guy, but you can't. Pay so him Ryan tier wants one to get money. rid of Hawkinson. No. No, no, no. That's not what I said. <laughs> if we draft a quarterback next year, that means they believe in this guy. That means he's the guy of the future. I want to keep Hawkinson around for that young guy. Okay. Right. Do you think TJ Hawkinson four is years. going to call for that elite money or that just sub-elite I money? I think it's becoming the position that people overpay for. And there's no way he's not going to be a top five paid tight end when this contract comes up. Will it be with Lions or will it be with somebody else? You can That's- use a second round pick any year you want to get a semi elite tight end who can catch the ball and run around. I just think every position in general, especially when you're that highly drafted, you're going to be a highly paid at that position one way or another. You know what? You know what I mean? When that year comes around, franchise tag him. You could. If you're on the fence and if it's that close, just tag him. Make him play for it, or make him walk the following year. Again, though, I I think this all has to do with whatever you're doing at quarterback. If you're investing and, in a quarterback, and how you you're give sitting, him a tight end, and you're how you're sitting in cap space. Sure, absolutely. Because if you can afford to overpay for a tight end, do it. And you do that, you overpay for a tight end because when your deep, quarterback's what, on a rookie, a rookie, rookie deal. deal. That's my point. Yep, and that's that, what exactly what the Chiefs did. Yep, that's exactly what. I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these successful tight ends, we're dealing with rookie quarterbacks, rookie contract quarterbacks. Yeah, if you found your quarterback, absolutely, you want an elite tight end with them. 
and uh, that that's the opportunity you want to give that young guy when he's coming in. If you're running with Jared Goff for the next two three years because you think he could be something, sorry, you don't overpay for a tight end in that scenario. Cool. All right, let's move on. Ryan, you want to explain betting hero after I hit the bumper or no? From the Red Wings to Michigan State, we're talking about it. This is State of My Sports. I feel like I can read all your minds out there. You're looking for a way to support this podcast. The best way to do that is go to bettinghero.com, promo code MIBETS, and put in, uh, just start making some money, right? I mean, they, they give you all these promo codes from every single online sports betting platform available to you and they'll you can go pick and choose every single one of them if you want to win free money as much as you want to and that's kind of what they're geared toward is to give you whatever promo code they have that's going to make as as easy money as they can for you go to promo uh bettinghero.com promo code mibets they've got it lined out for you right there that's the best way to support this podcast thank you That's our pick music, people. Last week, Micah, two and two. Kyle and Ryan, one and three. Oops. I also went two and two. Micah, you're leading the way, 78, 67 overall. Wonderful. Kyle and Ryan are tied 75 and 70 overall. And I am at 72 and 73. Still below 500. Man, any of those games could have gone anywhere, right? They were all so close. <laughs> it's not a comfortable weekend for anybody with a lot of money on the line. No, I, I wouldn't. Can you imagine being like an underbetter in that Kansas City Buffalo game in the no. last two minutes? Just no, whoop, I can't. Just change. You you were sitting pretty. Did you see Barstool when they hit the over and they were like all pumped because it was like at the end of the fourth when they hit the over <laughs> oh, and oh, then oh, it's like they scored man. like twenty one more points and it ended up not being a big deal. But it's like <laughs> they waited all game for that. <laughs> Very nice. Anyways, we're gonna talk some. We're gonna make our picks for the NFL. Bengals at the Chiefs. Chiefs seven point favorite. I didn't write down Kyle's picks. He, he probably didn't even me. give them to me. No, you. he texted them to me. Oh, he did. Michael, what are you doing? Okay. Uh, see, even though I like Joe Bird. Oh, bites in his veins. I think this is kind of where the Bengals stop. I, I just. The Chiefs and Mahomes have elevated themselves like they usually do. And I think the Chiefs are going to take care of business. Who are the Chiefs? Kyle is taking the Bengals. Wow. To cover? I, to cover the seven. Wow. Kyle. Ballsy. He's, Kyle. I, he's I like trying to pick. He's trying to make up ground. Yep. Right? Yeah. I I mean, how, how are you going to bet against the Chiefs at this point? They're so good and dominant. I'm going with the Bengals. <laughs> what? Wait, what? Are <laughs> what you just, serious? Yeah. Pick at the Bengals. Okay. All right. I, I said, how can you? And then I did it. That, that was good. That's how. It caught me seven, off guard. The seven <laughs> points is scary. Oh, dude. But I'm going to take the two. Oh, come on. Do the bangles. Mike would just pick up one on everybody. <laughs> John, what would you do here? You're out of the picks running. Well, I mean, I did pick the Bengals with my, what, third pick? Yeah. How, how are we sitting on that? Or second pick, I guess. Yeah. Oh, we can talk about that next week. We'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. At Arrowhead. I think it's hard not to go with the Chiefs. Yeah. All right. The over-under for the Bengals and Chiefs is set at 54 and a half. 
What you guys Slot. doing here? Ooh. Give me the over. Kyle is also taking the over. Ryan. Do you hate knowing their picks before? Yeah, I do, because it, it changes every everything. pick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going over. I'm not going to be dumb. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be smart. Chiefs might be over on their own. I can already see it in his eyes. He's going under. <laughs> do you want the weather forecast? <laughs> the 10-day? No, come on. <laughs> That's garbage. What's the weather going to be? Heat no. wave. Heat wave Heat in, wave Kansas, in Kansas, City? Kansas City? Get out. Right now... It's 14 degrees in Kansas City. Woof. Sunday, it'll be 43 and sunny. Holy Say smokes. What? All right, you, you changed that. I'm going under. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I am. I'm going to go under. Because <laughs> this is my chance to catch up. You did one of those up. jokes that I did just backwards. 70, <laughs> 70 mile an hour wins. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm going to take the under just because it's my one opportunity. It says to gain tornadoes. A, what does that gain, mean? Gain a day on you guys, or a, a pick on you. All right, number one to 49ers and Rams. Rams three and a half point favorite. Kyle's taking the Rams. Mike, what are you doing? Rams. Ryan. 49ers. Stafford Ooh. chokes. I'm going straight, Rams. straight up. Straight up win. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Over under is set at three and a half. Or Jimmy no. G, baby. Oh. He just wins. 46 Over. and a half. Over. No, Four, I, I 46 want, and a half. I want the first one. <laughs> Come on, Vegas. 46 and a half. Ooh. Keep true to your word, Vegas. Micah. Give me the under. Kyle's taking the over. <laughs> Ryan. Really? Yeah, man, you're killing me. I'm going to go over. <laughs> I'm going under. Oh, man. I think it's going to be like. You can switch it. This no, is all no, you got. No, no, no. I got to make up some ground. You're lucky that we let you get your pick in Saturday. <laughs> all right. Next, the Red Wings. They play Chicago. They play like at this. Pittsburgh. Oh, they nothing. play the Leafs. They play the Ducks all before we record next week. Over and under. Three and a half points. Micah. Give me the over. Lucas Kyle's Raymond, take, baby. Kyle's taking the under. Ryan, what are you doing? I don't understand this. What, what is this? Three and a half points. You get two points for a win. Red Wings. One point for overtime loss. Against Chicago. At Pitt. Police and So out of the four games, three and a half points. Over under. I think my pick is going to bite me. Over. Over. <laughs> under. Over. No. I'm going over. What? Wait, what did you do? Nothing. He went over. Oh, come on. Oh, I'm going under then. Yeah, oh, I thought you said darn over. It. Good, going good pick. Over. Red Wings going to win two of these games. Easy. Which two? Uh, Pitt, Pitt and Chicago. No, Chicago and Ducks. Next, we got the Nuggets. Or the Pistons. Yeah, they play at the Magic, and then they play the Cavs. Will the Pistons score more points in the two games than they give up? What? Say what? More or less. So if they win yeah, by... Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Okay. I just... Yeah. Micah? You know what? I'm going to do my pick a little bit differently this time, and it's going to just piss someone off. I'm doing exactly what Ryan's going to do. You can't do that. Oh, yes, I no, can. No, 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 you're no. leading. You're at the disadvantage. You're leading. That's, I know. That's the point. Yeah, I know. That's what are you going to do? <laughs> Whatever Ryan does, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> what Why this? can't I do that? It's a free world, right? Because you don't know what I'm doing. You're first. It's yeah. like not putting any money on the roulette table. <laughs> just like watching this spin. <laughs> That's not how it works. <laughs> give me more. Oh, I should have done that one. Give me more. Any of this work. Give me more. Give me more. <laughs> there you go. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, you picking, Mike? You got to choose one. Yeah, I just said one. more. 
Oh, more. more? Oh, okay, got it. Kyle's taking more. Jeez, I said more five times. Give me more, baby. Yeah, less. Easy. I'm going less as well. They're going to lose by 20, win by 10. Cavs are hot. <laughs> Cavs are hot. They're going to lose by a lot. They might beat the Magic. I don't know. They're fighting for, like, last place. <laughs> yeah. That That's first it. overall. We're done. We're moving through. No, God. No, God. Please, no. You no. you seem more concerned no. about time. Of no. the night. I don't know why. Yeah. I've never seen this con- concerned about time before. I kind of like it. It's a good Because he knows he's over two Michael, hours. what are we drinking tonight? Are we over two? <laughs> I don't think we're over two yet. There's are we over no two hours? He's not. trying. He's trying to be under two. We are over two. Oh, Doc. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was an over-under I bet with somebody. Remember when I said we were like at an, an hour, hour, an hour, hour and 42 ago we minutes at, yeah. when an we started ago? talking about Tigers yeah, players? it was an hour ago. <laughs> oh, man. Classic. And then he thought he wasn't even close. To John it. says he wants to start controlling the show sheet, so if you want, if you really want to do that. <laughs> well, that was only because Carrie said, holy cow, you still have picks to do. And so, beer grades. <laughs> wow. She, she said, holy cow? Holy cow. You know so what we should do? That was a good pun segue, because. Segway. Boom. We're Go drink, ahead. We're drinking a milky beer. Oh, well, I was going to say we should like split our show sheet in half and then just do the second half the following week. Or if we're breaking down the <laughs> Lions, we should break down only the defense or only the linebackers or only the defensive ends. We'll talk off, off air. We don't need to what? discuss it right now. <laughs> I feel like you guys are being really mean to me. No, I've got ideas. No. I love ideas. I'm not being mean either. I think when Sam sends out the show sheet, us three rotate. On who edits that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we bring all of those. Now you're thinking. And we swap the ones that Sam puts <laughs> oh, on the that's table. such a good <laughs> idea. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Yeah, we could know. Uh, it could be how it works. Hey, if you guys want to be more part of the show sheet, I'm always down for that. I thought last week was great. Oh. I, I guess know. we're being told to have this conversation off air. Yeah, <laughs> that, that would probably save some time. By we've, producer. What are we doing? Yeah, we've reached that point. Beer grade. Beer grade. So, what are we drinking, right, Micah? From Coopersville Brewing. So when this. you go to their tap room, they get a lot of beers on tap, and I was told that any of the we'll beer names okay. <laughs> any of the beer names no, with we'll do it live. Do it live. I can going. I'll write it and we'll do it live. <laughs> How can I keep going? Sucks. I don't know, it's so loud. I think you should just keep going. Okay, any of the beer names with the cow puns have lactose in them. Is that what they do? Yeah, it was kind of cool. cool. And, and their logo. So instead of this is, beer is that was kind cow. of a, a cow face, I think. Yeah. A head. Yeah, so this beer that's called Mutella that we're drinking, obviously, you know, off of Nutella, right? Okay. So Nutella's got, you know, it's like the hazel chocolate, chocolate peanut butter yeah, spread yeah. thing. Hazelnut. Good stuff. Right, so Mutella. Hazel. Hazel's a color. Hazelnut is a, it's a breakfast a spread for Europeans. Yeah, so this beer is. Or American. It's their. They have a beer called the Dark Side of the Moo. Racist or not Moon, right? <laughs> so that's their base beer, but then they changed this beer up with hazelnut and chocolate. So it's that's a seven point. <laughs> Why do you keep stopping Why? in the middle? <laughs> it's a seven point six percenter. It's a, it's a great beer. It's a fun beer. It's a fun dark beer. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't taste heavy. Um, I seven point six, seven point six percent. That's hard to believe. This is really easy to drink. It's super easy to drink. It's a, it's a, yeah, another smooth dark beer. You know, I like smooth dark. Big, big surprise from Beer City Beers. USA. <laughs> I mean, we have a lot of good 
stouts and porters, and that's another one to add to the list. I mean, if they're if you're grading the two beers we are drinking tonight, Coopersville is doing really good stuff. And I, they really I agree are. Completely. Two really good beers. I was going to go with the 8.2 with our hazy, which you can explain after. Um, I'm going to go with the 7.9 with this one. I'm going to go with an 8.2. For which one? Mutella. What about the other one? The hazy? I'm going to do... I'm going to do an 8.6. That's a good score. Yeah, I'm going to go 8.4 for the hazy, and for this one, 8.6. These are good beers. Nice. They crushed it. Johnny boy. 7.7 for the hazy, 7.5 for the Mutella. I don't know. I'm still just trying to warm up to these dark, heavy, flavorful beers that I wish I would just drink for breakfast instead of at 10 o'clock. I was sitting at my desk today. I'm just like... I can't wait for summer beers to taste like summer. Summer beers. Like, just, that's exactly it's hard, what it's It's hard to have to them in the winter and have it be the same. Yeah, it is. Let's try harder to do some more Hefeweizens this summer. I would not hate to do that. I, They're they're hit and miss with me, but they're good. But can you explain the hazy that we actually drank earlier today? Really? Give me a second. Didn't we explain it earlier? It's Carrie, their, it's their hand cider. Sorry, real quick. Before Go you see them pull everything up. From Leelanau. From Lila and all, so um, I forget what the name of everything else was. Uh, she gave it an eight point four. So thank you for that, Carrie. It was like something hot pants, wasn't it? Hot pants or smoking pants or something. Sauce, smoking pants, Sam. Rub the pants. Sauce, <laughs> double rubbed. Double, <laughs> double rubbed. Outside the rub pants. Uh, oh man! <laughs> Only when Stafford's a topic. So rub, oh, rub sauce. That's outside rub, ta- rub, rub stuff. From uh, Coopersville Brewing, Stafford. that juicy IPA. <laughs> I should get that. Just say it one more time. Yeah. I love Stafford. Yeah. One more time. Sorry, go ahead. Juicy IPA. One more time. Juicy IPA. <laughs> Matthew Stafford. <laughs> I love Stafford. <laughs> no, the uh, juicy IPA, they're hand squeezed. It's a blend of four Michigan proprietary hops. They're Mackinac, Cooper, Paradigm, and Bergemont. I do not envy the guy squeezing those hops. Jeez. I wonder if they put but, them in the uh, like squeezer. No, they they locally source everything. They're, all their help yeah. is from Coopersville. Uh, everything's super community-based out there. So if you go talk to Jeremy, Jeremy's super cool, super easy to talk to. Um, what, you, what were you telling us earlier about the, the way that they, they name their, their uh, barrels or whatever? After, oh, like, Pistons players J- or something? Yeah. So, Jeremy's a huge Pistons fan. And the kind of the way they they put uh, the 2004 Pistons uh, players, you know, the starting players' heads on the, on the barrels. And kind of the way Jeremy explained it to me is that they, they had this idea beforehand. He wanted to have this you know, like this five-barrel system, but once they got that big, I think it's a 14-barrel system, and they named them, or they put Rashid's head on it. Or no, sorry, that, that was Big Ben. But then they're like their fifth player, you know, that they really needed, which was Rashid, right? Yeah. So they put Rashid on their last barrel system because that was the that was the last, the last yeah. missing piece. I wonder piece. if they say awesome. like, you're gonna love this beer. I guaranteed it. Ooh, the guaranteed. I need to sell it. Is that Jer- Jeremy? Is that his name? 
Yeah, Jeremy. Good Jeremy, if you're listening, I guarantee it. He's full of these, so you guys. Would <laughs> I'm work. very. Creative. If you like that, you'll work well together. <laughs> <laughs> but Dad the, joke. Yeah, that that juicy IPA was great. Um, all their beer was great. The staff over there is really really cool. Super yeah. helpful. Their food smells amazing. They have food right in the house there. So we, we got to get on the calendar to go out there and and, and uh, do an episode. Absolutely. Uh, Micah, you said Jeremy was interested in that? Yeah, yeah, so 100%. I'm going to email Jeremy tomorrow. Trust me, I will. So, Jeremy, if you're listening, be ready for my email. It's coming. Yeah, you could tell us this after, but, you know, it's okay. But why would I do that when I can do it during? <laughs> Let's go. I just want to keep this, keep this thing rolling, right? Why would you hit a bumper right now? Yeah, thank you guys for listening. <laughs> Appreciate you guys well, joining us. Episode wasn't Ryan. Episode 154. 141. <laughs> thank you guys for recording. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you next week, if not sooner. It's 11 p.m. You've Peace. been listening to State of My Sports. From the Red Wings to the Lions to the Tigers to the Pistons to Michigan and Michigan State and everything in between, we're talking about it. And don't forget the beer. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an M-I. We'll see you next time.